Hello, beautiful people. It is, oh my God, Jet Passing has been hacked on Twitter Thursday, March 10th, 2022. This show begins right now. Yeah! Can't thank you enough for joining us at youtube.com forward slash the Pat McAfee show. Obviously, no fun for Jet Passing to be hacked, mm, no. but it just is happening currently. I sent him a text. Hey, cuz, get on Twitter, change your password. He said they already got it. Oh, oh no, no, Jet. So Twitter is going to have to save Jet at this point. Oh, no. Good luck out there. Jet Passon's been through it a little bit here the last he couple has. days. <laughs> Tough couple. He has been through it. But hey, Jet, keep fighting over hey. We're behind you, Jet. Good luck, Jet. Hey, keep refueling. That's uh-huh. right. That's keep right. gassing that thing up. Barrel roll. All right, anyways, let's get back to what we normally talk about. There's a lot going on in the Mm -hmm. NFL, a lot of conversations about the Washington Commanders quarterback search, which is very depth looking everywhere, how they ended up with Carson Wentz, which then led to a article from The Athletic via Zach Kiefer, who is formerly of the Indy Star, went to Butler here in Indiana. I know him, very talented writer. I'm a big fan of his. He did an entire deep dive on the entire Colts-Carson Wentz situation with Frank Reich allegedly apologizing to ownership for how the Carson Wentz experience ended up. Now they're moving forward what will the next quarterback be for the Indianapolis Colts a team that's absolutely stacked and packed and pumped to the gills with talent and the fact that they didn't make the playoffs last year I think is why Jim Irsay in the front office decided hey we got to move on from this we understand he threw 27 touchdowns and only seven interceptions but in the Niners game alone he threw four that Mm -hmm. were dropped that's right let alone the rest Mm -hmm. of the season that could have potentially happened that thing could have been 27 in 37 and I would have said yeah that sounds accurate after watching the entire season with him when when he was great he was great and we saw those and we heard those moments. Frank Reich talked about those moments. I assume Jim Irsay was like pumped about it. Like, oh, yeah, brother, this is the guy we got. <laughs> and it was obviously not easy. He got hurt in training camp and it was an entire COVID year. And Hard Knocks is filming in the building as it's all happening. And I'm not saying Hard Knocks was negative, but it was just a weird year for the Colts to begin with. Probably with Carson Wentz. But his style of play is not one that I think Jim Irsay and others at the Colts view as Super Bowl winning style of quarterbacking. Now, will he be able to change that in Washington? Maybe. Not 100% sure. Wasn't able to do it here. Maybe a new fit in Washington will better serve his ability to maybe check down, check out, and maybe just chill out on a couple different plays. Their Super Bowl odds changed none. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Pre-Carson, post-Carson, <laughs> FanDuel Sportsbooks, odd makers, John Sheeran, Sheeran said, I don't they're paying him $30 million, but I don't think. Nah, fucking keep it right there. <laughs> We're good. We're going to keep it right there at 30 to 1 or whatever the case is. It's very fascinating, this entire Carson Wentz thing, because he could be an absolute superstar. And I think it's everybody has seen it when he was with the Eagles. Everybody talks about 2017 when he was MVP. That's five years ago. Yeah, okay? long That's time. a long time ago. That's an entire high school uh-huh. career, entire college career in those things. Even a redshirt college career. That's a long, long time ago. A lot has happened since then. But even with the Colts, there was moments where it was like, oh, this guy's a guy. But then that mental part of, hey, I want to die on this play, on this field, for this touchdown that's definitely about to happen on this play that is completely completely busted that happens on a very regular basis that we probably couldn't take anymore if I had to guess for Jim Irsay, but maybe Washington will be able to do it. What game manager will come in here Ooh. and get this Colts team on a goddamn run? I was on Get Up this morning. Shout out to Greeny. I appreciate Shot. it. Shot. Thank you, Greeny. Allegedly, the story goes that Greeny um, saw my draft speech at the draft 
and said, uh, who's that guy? I would like him on my show. So then, uh, you know, a couple contacts, a couple calls. I believe David Coonan was even involved. Mm-hmm. David Coonan. Oh, Dude. Coonan was involved in the entire thing. And I got a chance to go on Get Up and watching Greeny work behind the scenes from the pre-production meeting to their entire team over there that is very talented, very diligent. One of the reasons why we watch that show in the morning is because I got a chance to see in real time in their pre-production meetings because he invited me to be a part of the show how much research and who they had where so it's like hey if they're talking about it this is probably some real shit that we should be talking about now that was at the beginning of our show now you know we're a little bit more of a thermostat as opposed Uh to a thermometer i think at this Mm -hmm. point Mm -hmm. you know we don't just uh we don't tell the temperature we set the temperature so it's a little bit of a different game but get up has so many talented people and greeny was one of the first people in big time he was i think the first uh, person in studio network television it was like i would like pat mcfee on my show nobody else would let me on their microphones and i appreciate that i understand that so i will always have a piece of my heart with mike greenberg two-time hall of famer watching him work and he's always had respect for my brain which i have appreciated because that's a tough thing to have if you don't know me personally i would assume yeah i see it on the internet all the time <laughs> people i'm big dumb diff mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. <laughs> big dumb dip shit and i understand that but greeny has always been incredibly nice to me so getting back on there after he texted me and asked me to come on there was cool i don't do a lot of that there's too much of me already so going on somebody else's show for more of me is just you know a little bit fucking asinine decision especially if you are the way i am but it was an honor to go back on there and as i was cutting a promo basically about the carson Wentz experience that we had in my head I was trying because they were wondering who's next, who's next. And Tim Hasselbeck was on, who I fucking love. I love the Tim Hasselbeck. I legit. Obviously, I got a chance to play with Matt Hasselbeck. Tim Hasselbeck is just this subtle, dry humor. Oh. He is awesome. Yeah. So it was great to see him. It was very quick. Rusini was on there. We got to chat about her inside sources mm. a little bit. She didn't get to ask question, but I definitely wanted to give her her flowers. Bart Scott was on okay. there. Bart Scott almost uh, fought me in a game one time. Oh. We have made up, and he is a, I, I believe. He is a free-thinking, entertaining human being. Does well in the media world. I think he has a radio show. ESPN's putting him on there a lot. And then Greeny is just, you know, Greeny. But as I'm going in about Carson, two-time Hall of Famer, Bob. Yeah. He's in yeah. two different Hall of Famers. Great so. shoes. Great shoe game. Always. He wears Louboutins like every single day. Mm-hmm. I was watching him. And, you know, he has his things. I guess he eats like sandwiches with a fork and knife. Right. Yeah, wings. wings with yeah. a fork yeah. and knife. Uh-huh. Which is real serial killer like. <laughs> yeah, nut job. Without question. Crazy. But he's not mm-hmm. after meeting him. Good guy. It's Northwestern. Loves Northwestern. Yeah. But as I'm cutting this promo about Carson Wentz and I'm thinking about the entire team, and I assume a lot of people do a lot more research before they do a show like Get Up or this show and everything like that, I just kind of assume the brain will figure it out. As I'm in there, I'm like, all we need is a game manager. All we need at the Colts is a game manager. Carson Wentz is going to the commanders. Good luck over there. We're uh, Fix the poop pipes. Go get it, Carl. All right, Carl's got a whole new era, and PFT commenter is excited about it. Yeah, very yeah. yeah. much so. <laughs> Wale's pumped. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. By the way, shout out Wale. Shout out Wale. Shout out. Very cool what you said about him. Very, very, very cool uh, what Wale tweeted about me. I think he's on tour right now, too. So I'd assume he's on a bus or something. And he's like, this motherfucker's in WrestleMania. (laughs) He's going to be Vince McMahon. He just is doing this. So I appreciate this, Wale. I got a text from him before he put this tweet out saying, like, hey, the interview with Vince was something. So I have massive respect for this dude's brain okay i think he is one of the most gifted individuals that the earth has ever seen if you listen to his bars and everything like that the story he's telling 
is awesome. So I'm very appreciative of this. Now, with that being said, Wale, big Washington Commanders fan, yeah. he's going to bat for Carson Wentz as well. And, you know, hopefully it works out for them. For us, the Indianapolis Colts, like Jimmy G looks real good. Hey. He does. He's a game manager. And I know people and pundits and, you know, people on Twitter who want to bury certain people say, he ain't quarterback. He's a fucking game manager. Well, every quarterback's a goddamn game manager, isn't he? He's the one touching the ball every fucking play. He's the one deciding whether or not his team gets it, his team scores, or the other team gets it, and the other team scores. Every single quarterback is a game manager. Tom Brady is a, a best athlete of all time. Sure. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's going to be in the conversation. If you looked up, game manager. Mm -hmm. This guy had a run game, and everybody says, oh, Alex Smith. Game manager, this guy. Kirk Cousins. Ooh. Game, game manager, man. this guy. Give me Kirk Cousins <laughs> right now wow. in Indianapolis. Now, that is not something I thought I would ever say. That's not something I thought anybody would think that they would hear me say. But we need, with the talent we have, just a game manager. And ultimately, I think that is why Jim Irsay and the brass decided to move on. We don't need a quarterback that's going to be sporadic. We don't need a quarterback that's going to try to die on every single play. We need a quarterback back that is going to get us in a good position, especially with the amount of money we have to bring in a great left tackle next to Quentin Nelson, like Armstead, who's up right there, with Jonathan Taylor in the back. Bring on a weapon. Hey, Mark come on, come on Indianapolis. Anybody else that's in the free agent? And you just need a guy not to give the ball to the other team or make any bonehead decisions like checking out of runs and shit like that. So if we get Kirk Cousins or Jimmy G, and we gave up, what, a seventh round pick? We got two back, uh, and then we got rid of the $30 million contract? Colts won this trade oh, way to go chris Chris. it's a wild day it's a wild time the nfl is heating up there's a lot of people getting deals there's a lot of people being released a lot of veterans being released we'll talk about it all at ty schmidt Devontae adams franchise tech aaron Rodgers, all the way back maybe kirk cousins out of the division life is good for a packers fan right now yeah absolutely i think zadarius smith is probably going to get released either today or tomorrow so that won't be kind of tough to swallow but i think everyone knew it was coming and now, yeah, it's just you, you kind of wait and see what the Rodgers deal looks like and where that puts them in the cap because now, you know, they're, what, $46 million over or whatever, so they have a week to get cap compliant. But if you're a Packers fan, everything is kind of unfolding the way you hoped it would have. Kirk Cousins, I mean, this is what the offseason does. It does. Okay? Everyone's yeah. everywhere. This is what the offseason, not just everyone's everywhere, but everyone could be the guy. Yeah. yeah. You know? And this Colts team, seven pro bowlers. What? Long-term contracts basically locked up in wow. almost every single important position. D-tackle, linebacker, guard, center. I think every corner. single corner. Yeah, got Kenny Moe locked up. Jonathan Taylor's there for at least another three years. Mm -hmm. I mean, it is every position that is of, like, necessity to have success in the NFL. They have at a very high level for a long time. And they got a bunch of money. They're set up perfectly. All you need is a quarterback. It's hard not to just be like, get Jimmy G and then we fucking go. Yeah. Jimmy G's not just going to give the ball to everybody. And then somebody tweets a picture of Jimmy G's literal last pass. And it's well, him, Michael, Michael Jackson forward lean, much lower, right hand trying to throw the ball. Must win situation. Mm -hmm. Had to do it. Yep. And the only difference between that situation and Carson's situation is that was last play of the game. Had to have it. Correct. Carson does that on second and five. That's right. right. First quarter. Exactly. Yes. Tie game. <laughs> In your own end. In your, on your own <laughs> yeah. six. Yeah, right. That you just got pinned. Mm -hmm. You know, just say, hey, let's just go ahead and 
let's just try to get some yards so we can punt this thing. You know, let's just try to gain a little bit of advantage here. Now, granted, we would like to score a touchdown on every single drive. But if first down doesn't work out well and second mm-hmm. down doesn't work out well, let's just try to gain some sort of something out of this. Go back to the drawing board. Come back on next because we've got great defense. So yeah, far. great defense. Yeah, let's come back on next series and let's go ahead and hit it. That is not in Carson's. It, we don't score a touchdown on this fucking play. We're losing. Yeah. That's right. That's how it plays. That is a very high school mentality. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. That is a very high school mentality. And it's a cool mentality, him being tough and everything like that. But Jimmy G seems like a dream. Him only throwing the ball six times. Colts fans last year dreaming for that yeah, kid. Absolutely. But we're paying a guy. Now we're going to have to pay Jimmy G because he's won and he's a veteran. Mm-hmm. And obviously he's probably in the middle of a bidding war right now because of how everything's panned out with Russell and Aaron Rodgers. But the entire thought that all I want is just give me a boring fucking quarterback. You give me the handsome Jimmy G or the if I die, I die Kirk Cousins, knowing that they'll set us up in the right positions. We get a weapon. Both of those guys can complete passes. Debo Samuel, before he became the utility player over there, was the slant god yeah. and then george kittle is an absolute mm-hmm. monster jimmy g can complete passes everybody acts like he cannot do that he can but either of those options are great so i'm flying high this morning at boston connor the new england patriots there's a new article coming out from pro football focus oh. the best off-season contract to return on investment team in the last 10 years or something makes like sense that. Does it? Yeah. Because I feel like last offseason was the only time you guys spent any money. Mm-hmm. Right? Well, it goes back, I think, to 2013. And when you look at like every year of the year, that year we spent money on Dar- uh, Revis, Darrell Revis. I think two years He's after pretty that. Good. Yeah, He's very good. won a Super Bowl. Hey, Revis is pretty yeah. fun. Yeah, it, was, yeah. it was like a one-year, 14 Do you remember dollar. Revis Island? Oh, oh, yeah. That was like a four or five-year oh, span yeah. where yeah. it was like, yeah, teams just won't throw to this side mm-hmm. of the field. But he had to be on every play. Yeah. No, that's another part of like uh, – like I think Revis's greatness is every single play he had to be on. Every be, yeah. even if he was getting zero balls, three, four, five consecutive mm-hmm. games, every single play he had to be on because he had to take advantage of his opportunities too when the ball came. And by the way, he normally did. Yes, mm-hmm. always did. I'll go ahead and da- I dare you. I dare you to throw over to Revis Island. That ball is going the opposite direction. <laughs> I've actually watched Darrell Revis run right by me. It was in a college football game. Won a fucking ESPY. Oh, yeah, shit. <laughs> won an ESPY. Play of the year. Jeez. Yeah, and I'm diving yeah. dead on the ground in the background, slow motion. You see my face just like, oh, my God, what was that? He beat everybody on our team twice on that punt return. Oh, he's a good player. Including me. That's 22 misses. That's unbelievable. <laughs> Rich Rodriguez broke down every single one of them in the meeting afterwards. Get your fucking ass up. What are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? Get up. Get up! I would have got up if I could. You would have got up if you could. <laughs> Who's holding you down? Is there an invisible man in the sky holding you down right here? Because he circled back and circled back on us, and then he scored a touchdown, and there were some guys that got blocked, like, decleated. Mm-hmm. Like, Derek Kinder, shout out. There were some oh, massive yeah. blocks, and then those dudes weren't getting up because they were sure. probably in some pain. Yeah. <laughs> And but it turns out like if you waited another like thirty, that play was like two minutes long. <laughs> if you waited another thirty seconds, he was running right by the person that was already dead. And in film, you know, it's hard not just be like, "Hey, why didn't you just? Why are you laying? Why are you <laughs> yeah. laying?" He's like, "Well, I died actually. Thank you. Can we see that other angle? 
That, yeah, that one got decleated. Broke <laughs> all my ribs. Anyways, Revis was unbelievable. unbelievable. You guys gave him guaranteed, right? It was like one year one guaranteed, year. Yeah. two years mm -hmm. guaranteed. Then he went to the Jets and did the same exact thing. So going back to 2013, you also have Tom Brady taking smaller contracts. So everybody else has to take smaller contracts. So I guess his ability to get the team to buy in on being a team as opposed to being individually wealthy is certainly notable and noble and should be talked about, which is what PFF Woo is saying. Yeah, and like it's not skewed, but when you go from 2013 to 2018, they were either in the AFC Championship or the Super Bowl every single one of those years. So they played the most games, and they obviously brought guys in every single year. So it makes sense that the return on those players was high because the team was very fucking good. Uh, but we'll see what they do this year. They obviously went all in last year. Doesn't seem like that's going to be the strategy this year just because last year there's only, what, four or five teams that could really spend money mm -hmm. because yeah, of the cap. Yeah, because cap. Now this year, they're damn near half the league can spend money because of all the cap. But now teams like Seattle, Indianapolis, who you know started this whole thing off around like 30, 40, now have like 70 and 50. So it seems like the Colts are in the prime position, but they'll fuck it up somehow, I'm sure. <laughs> Jeez. What was your problem? It was a good day. I, you see how happy I was. I know. I'm pumped I was for like, you. I up with Greeny this morning. Yeah. yeah. See the old friend. Oh, no. Yeah, no, it's awesome. But the, you know, I love Jimmy G. He's a Patriots guy. Gets hurt a little bit. Just had shoulder surgery. Oh, yeah, you're so right. Give me Kirk. Give me Kirk. Kirk Cousins is a 45 million dollar cap hit so although there are options we got it. out there yeah you yeah, do. we got it, don't take it but <laughs> that is so much money yeah. i don't know if i got it if we got it yeah you want 70 million dollars yeah, doesn't kirk suck in prime time though yeah no 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 he, nah, we debunked this against uh -huh. the bears though a very bad yeah, bears team yeah no but he debunked all of this uh, yeah yeah did he? he did what? went down mm -hmm. to dallas jerry world beat Once, them yeah. went down to new orleans playoffs, playoffs. beat them i mean this is this is all squirrel finds a nut every once in a while push up Blind squirrel finds another once in a while, but that's two big time Playing games. Though, yeah. You got Jonathan Taylor. I don't. I mean, Dalvin Cook's pretty damn good, but he's never had Quentin Nelson and the boys up front. But if you get Kirk, you probably can't get Armstead and Amari Cooper. But you know, yeah, because Kirk's forty five million. Forty five million. Yeah, the way that deal probably works is if you split it right for the Colts. Yeah, Vikings have to pay a little bit of this. Mm -hmm. I mean, they were acting like it was a big deal whenever the Commanders picked up yeah. the entire deal from Carson. I didn't know that was a big deal. Yeah, you fucking traded for it to pay the guy. Yeah. yeah. But I guess this is, I guess that was abnormal because people are making that a big deal. I didn't know. If there's a chance for the Vikings to pay Kirk and us, come on. Yeah, $10 Why'd you guys get rid of Kyle Van Noy? What's the deal? Uh, I don't know what the, what the problem is with Kyle. You know, I, I don't like that he's been shipped out of town in the past two years, first from Miami then from New England, but I know that we're probably doing that so we can get, I don't know, Bobby Wagner, maybe bring him in, kind of train the young guys. We save $5 million on the cap. There's a chance you're gonna have to pay Bobby Wagner. What do you absolutely? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You say five million for Kyle Van Noy, you're gonna have to pay Bobby Wagner. Yeah, mercenary, just like Revis. We'll give him one year. We'll give him you know twelve million guaranteed. You know, let's go on a run here and then go get paid somewhere else. Yeah, and then we'll bring him back later. And then we'll be exactly. Well, Kyle Van Noy is probably coming back in I don't know nine months, so I'm not that worried about <laughs> it. But it, it's a bummer that he's going. Kyle Van Noy would be a great Colt. He would. Yeah. He'd be a great Colt, especially on that defense. Mm -hmm. He likes to work hard. Feels like he likes that. But J.C. Jackson's out of town. Sure, He'd be yeah. a great Colt, by the way, as well. Mm -hmm. Let's get J.C., Amari, and then let's get the Vikings to pay Kirk Cousins. That's oh, simple. See well, you in the Super Bowl. Let's go Colts. <laughs> <laughs> you do all those those prime free agents, and then Sam Ellinger leads the team. <laughs> Listen, Sam Ellinger could be a guy. You load Slinger. up around him. Could be a guy. He's on Hand a rookie him. contract. He's on a rookie contract. Give the ball to Jonathan Taylor. Lives on the edge. Is he? Can he just lives on the edge? Oh yeah. 
Okay. He slings that ball around. Okay. Hell yeah. I like that. Hell yeah. I thought he had said something in the past that oh, made no, you think no, no, that. I, mean, I was excited to hear Zito's yeah. brain. Yeah. Because the we're back thing, I, mm-hmm. I was excited to hear what I missed from Sam Ellinger that was on the edge. Just a gunslinger. Just a gunslinger. Just gunslinger. Yeah. I don't know if he is, though. I, I'm not 100% sure. Because he got in on the cold a couple times in preseason. Mm-hmm. I think he did okay, but he's he had a whole family situation. Yeah, remember? exactly. In preseason. Mm-hmm. You never know what preseason Preseason, that's throwing against you. Yeah, exactly. And just thinking about it now, like a young quarterback, like a rookie QB, you got two twos, two threes. You could probably trade in Jordan late Love. to the first round, grab somebody. We need a guy. No. Listen, Jordan Love is going to be an athlete. Uh-huh. He's going to be a great backup for the Green Bay Packers. Yeah, or starter for the Colts. I don't think Jordan Love. I mean, we'll have Shregs join us here in about seven minutes. I can't wait to hear what he knows because he's tweeting out uh, eyeballs. Yeah. And then he's removing the eyeballs. What does that mean? Is he teasing things? Uh. Is he not teasing things? Who's going where? He seems to have great sources. What will he tell us? Excited for that. Obviously, we can't have Rappaport on for at least another couple weeks. <laughs> yep. Come on, Rap. He Just because of the Probation. whole. I hope he learns his lesson. He didn't. I'm getting people are burying me because of this entire thing. What's his problem? Not just his. I mean, he's set up for everybody else to bury me too. It's like what is? I was watching the Spanish news the other day, and they were quoting him still. That's what I'm saying. By the way, Sports Illustrated this morning said uh, Aaron Rodgers had 200 million reasons to go back to Green Bay. (laughs) Is that right? It's like what happened? What if he does? By the way, and Ian Rapport's 100 percent right. There's a reason that Ian is sticking on this, right? For sure. He's not retracted it at all. Mm-mm. So there's a reason he's sticking on it. Maybe our source says don't know. Or that, could be it, that doesn't sound right. No, yeah. no way. Maybe the it, it's that contract, but the first two years is tiny and the last two years Tell are what? backloaded, like voidable years. I have no idea. Your source says, says knows what happened, knows that you've been going to bat for that source Says that number better not be even fucking close. Whoa, 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 Tony! <laughs> He's Tony. Tony. Tony Diggs, one half of the hammer. For everything done. you have done for that man, the number better not even be fucking close. Okay, all right. Listen, I understand you got a new hat. Okay, three mm-hmm. chains, four chains. Exactly. You look unbelievable. Thank yeah. you. That new hat is all. Hey, great match, madness hat. Yeah, baby Tony. Special okay. guest today. I had to do it for him. Yeah, we have Zach Brown on. Yeah. Has incredible hat game. Zach Brown top tier oh. always looks cool. So Diggs legitimately brought this in yeah. for the Zach Brown new hat, new cap. You look awesome. Thank you. Thought he was talking about Morenci. You look like Crocodile down. Dundee. That's sweet. Yeah, yeah. but like a, that's a knife, like a Beverly Hills though Crocodile, because there's a gold. They made a movie them. about that. Yes, exactly. Yeah. But you look like the embodiment <laughs> yeah. of that. Thank what you. is on the topper? A couple burns. A couple burns. Yeah, it went through fire. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> Saving, saving a baby. Been through it. You're, you're Got it all. Been through riding it. your horse. Yeah, there was a fire. Thank you. You jumped off the horse. Told the horse to keep running. Mm-hmm. Ran through the fire. Grabbed a baby. Horse met you on the other side. Bang! Out of there. See ya. Yeah, and in the next house. Okay, just went side saddle of the horse. Wow. Fucking hanging on with one arm. Scooped another baby. Wow. Whoa. That's why there's so many burn marks on both sides. Oh, there. okay. Uh, Zito's telling me I need to look closer. There's other things on that hat, not just burn marks. Yeah, just, yeah. just look left or right, Tony. Oh, poker <laughs> cards. So you were leaving a poker game <laughs> at the saloon. Yep. Uh-huh. You were leaving the game. That's a, that's a four, a one, and a two. Oh. In Pittsburgh. Is that real? Yeah. That's a four, one, two hat? No, no. I mean, that the cards say four, one, and two. It's a custom, baby. Customizable. <laughs> That's awesome. I mean, this is custom, baby. Oh, you created that? Hat? What uh, hockey team went to Nashville a couple weeks ago? 
Tampa Bay. And got all the leather jackets? Tampa. Tampa. Bay. Tampa. Yeah, that's the guy who did all those did this. So this is a custom oh, Town Diggs yeah. cap. Yeah. Let's go, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Tony. 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 Tony's yeah. a fashion god. Yeah, holy holy shit. Tony, Tony, I love the hat. Like a Cam Newton hat. Yeah. That is a good hat. You give him yeah. the details, he put, spits out a custom hat for you. How many? How long did it take to make like that? Eight thing? weeks. Oh, shit. So that's, those are hands. <laughs> oh, yeah. Those are hands. Oh, yeah, my friend. I was about to say, let's make like... Let's make like it's a bunch of these. Yeah. 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 But I think we'll, we'll get those. Time. Yeah, 2025. Yeah. Are those gator teeth? Where are we talking? Where at? The gold. Zito has a lot of details on this hat, I think. He well, says there's Gambler on the other side. Yeah, yeah. we've got Gambler. Oh, oh shit. Yeah. I'm sorry to the radio listeners. We have this thing just showed up in our life. This thing's unbelievable. This thing is unbelievable. That'd be what, two, three thousand dollars? No, come on. I don't know. No. Six. He does have that money, by the way. I actually know exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I know exactly. Uh you look awesome. Thank you. What's your quarterback situation look like? Everybody's uh, there's Mitchell like Trubisky. seven or eight quarterbacks that I'll be happy with. Any of them? Jimmy, Mitch, right. Mariota, right. Jameis, Pickett, Willis, Maddie. Uh, Corral. Corral. Seven. I don't want seven, seven. 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 Wow. Seven. Seven, seven for seven. seven. For seven. <laughs> Joining us now is a man who knows all things that need to be known around the NFL. Insider, handshaker, networker, and Emmy-nominated host of Good Morning Football, which you can see every single day on NFL Network. Ladies and gentlemen, Pete Traeger. What's up, dude? Oh, no. no. You're muted. Oh, no. 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 Come on. No, there it is. You are. Hey, you're back. You're back. Hey, how you doing? You look good. You didn't sound like anything. You just looked really cool there for a second. Thank you for joining us. I was gonna say your hair looks great. I love it. Hey, new. Hey, this guy looks came. Good. Hey, DC. Uh, DC. Yeah, he's a wizard. Hey, Indiana guy. Got tats on his hands. Uh huh. He is, and he came in. Yeah, locked in. Yeah, he was locked. He was wrestling coach that. too. So I mean, That's he could do a single leg. Whoa. Yeah, you know what I mean? Holy he made, shit. He could do a single leg for WrestleMania. Oh, that helped. What? Whoa. I've been in the ring, Shregs. I don't know if you want to break that news. I'm flying Ooh, around in there. I'm feeling real good, Shregs. I'm feeling real good in the ring. Anyways, let's get to you and your brain. Yeah. What is uh, Ola Bird Sports? Oh, this is Hollabird Sports. It's a sporting goods company in Baltimore, and it's awesome. And I get all my stuff from them. So Hollabird Sports, hit it up. There yeah. You go. Do they ship or are they only in yeah, Baltimore? They ship, bro. They ship. It's it's huge company out of uh, Baltimore. Go get your stuff. Racket sports and running stuff. I hey, love it. hey, why be less when you could be more? You stop by Jimmy's Famous. Of course. Boom. You say, hey, the owner's here. <laughs> but, man, this restaurant and environment is incredible. Yeah, I need some crab cakes. Oh, my Please. God, these crab cakes. And then what else do we they gave us a steak, I think, as well. Come on. COVID. Their stuff is True. good. I got, wow. I got a that shipment is still... once of like their crab cakes in a in a box and it was incredible. And I'm like, all right, I guess I'm a Jimmy Seafood guy. Yeah. That, that was it. I was done. I was they good. they ship nationwide and it shows up just like it came oh, right out. And remember, awesome. crab cakes and football. That's, That's what Maryland what does. There you go. More specifically, Jimmy's Famous and Holla to Hollabird Sports. Hollabird Sports. Google it, folks. Get on in there. Say Pat sent you. No, no, don't do that. <laughs> I mean, sure that, that comes with a price. But the old, uh, old that looks like Ola Bird. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm an English yeah. speaker. That's Ola Bird. Ola. Yeah. Ola. What's Bird, what's Bird Zito, in uh, Spanish? I got to hear it. Oh, yeah, I forgot. Mm. 
Dude can understand Spanish. Grew up his family, 100% Cuban. Spoke Spanish in the house. His friends spoke English in Chicago. His Spanglish was so terrible, neither language could understand him. See. That's yes. Oh, yep. <laughs> That's yes. So they put him to a uh, like a hypnotist, hypnotist right? Hypnotist person, yeah. So now he can understand it. He just can't speak it. And that's yeah, a real it. thing. Yeah. That's unbelievable. <laughs> Why are you laughing, Shreds? Shreds, you laughing I'm at laughing. this guy? This is, it's unbelievable. Up. I love it. Uh, you guys. <laughs> We're six minutes into this, and we haven't got to anything that you know. Let's do that, okay? Kingsbury, Kingsbury was texting me from the airport. He's on his way to Mahomes' wedding, and he's trying to find the feed to listen and watch this. So you know, we're all in, dude. Hey, Cliff Kingsbury, just six foot four Texan that's handsome and cooler than you. Oh, my Great God. Guy. I mean, he was awesome in here. Sat in the pocket, too, by the way, right in the Thunderdome, as did you. Yeah. Appreciate Cliff uh, watching wherever the hell you are. Have a great time at that wedding. I yeah, assume it's going to be extravagant. Oh, right? yeah. yeah. Nice one. Oh, yeah. I think that's going to be amazing. I'm excited to see what Jackson does. Yeah, will he be Is he invited? Let's get to sports. Yeah, of oh, course. Oh, Come on. Well, he wasn't at the bachelor party, so. Uh, well, is he 21? Is he even 21 years old? I think so. Uh, see, nobody With 500 was... million, he is. Hey, you're right. I mean, I was 21 when I was like 15, 16. Yeah. Anyways, let's get to it. Yeah. What do you know, Shregs? These little eyeball tweets. You're putting out these eyeball tweets, mm -hmm. and then mm -hmm. you get the entire NFL world, like our office, going, oh, yeah. what's Shregs doing? And then all of a sudden you follow up the eyeball tweets because we're already past yeah, that, and then you go, you know what? I'm actually going to uh, remove the eyeballs. What was going to happen? What do you think is going to happen? And what are you referring to in that world? There's a lot of quarterbacks out there right now. There's a lot of new coming veteran free agents coming right now. It seems like a wild time in the NFL. What do you know, Shregs? There were three dominoes I was waiting to fall. One of them was the Rodgers piece, which I thought he was going back to Green Bay. You knew much more than I did, obviously, and I thought that would happen fine. Then the Denver piece, because I knew they were in talks for multiple different things. And when Russell comes over there, and then the third one was, where's Wentz going? So I put the eyeballs up on, uh, on Tuesday or because I thought, all right, Wentz is next. All right, there's, there's definitely a Wentz trade coming. And then it didn't. But then when it did, I was like, all right, we got my three that I knew were happening came down now jimmy garoppolo you'd say well that's the fourth one here's my thing on jimmy right now yes it makes sense for the colts but it also would make sense for new orleans it also would make sense for carolina it also might make sense for a host of other teams so whereas yes all right let's go let's go get jimmy there's a market for jimmy garoppolo and if you're the indianapolis colts who have now had five quarterbacks in five years are you the ones who are going to offer, without a first-round pick, enough to bring in Jimmy Garoppolo, who, by the way, is on a one-year deal? Are we doing this again? Are we, go are we getting a quarterback again in a final year of his contract? I just am not sure Indianapolis is the lead dog on the Jimmy Garoppolo stakes, A, for what they can give up, and B, whether that's what they want, another one-year stopgap with a quarterback, and then we got to do this again next year. Uh, well, so, Shregs, I just assumed that when the Colts said, hey, Carson, see you, pal. It's been fun. The experience has been fun. It's been quite a ride. <laughs> we even had a couple one of these in the uh, the ride, the Carson Wentz experience. That should be a roller coaster, by the way. Yeah. That should be made somewhere, maybe Disney World or something like that. Mm -hmm. Kennywood should probably try yeah, it out in Pittsburgh. Awesome. The Carson, Carson Wentz experience. You even get twisted up like Aaron Donald. Oh, yeah. And then the, the bottom, they just slap both of your ankles. <laughs> Bang! This is what it's like whenever you're watching. And then you get your heart rate up at a lot of times and then drops and then it does a circle. 
That'd be interesting. So they didn't have a backup plan already in place for the Carson Wentz uh, experience being moved on? Or do you just think that they know they can get something or somebody? And is that an accurate thought if that is the case? Yeah, I think you're going through a transition on a lot of spots in the coaching staff right now where Eberflus is gone, the offensive coordinator uh, is obviously there, but Press Taylor, the quarterback's coach, he's gone. So I'm curious to see what's in it. The truth of the matter is this, Carson Wentz was not going to be the quarterback of the Indianapolis Colts next season. The owner made it quite clear from my conversations at the Combine that that was not going to be the case. Chris Ballard trades him away also gets Washington to pick up the whole bulk of the contract, which was a masterful move. Is that normal? I'm not sure. Is that, is that normal or not? It was being treated no. as if that was not normal. I just assumed that was the case, not case. No. A lot of times the other team will have to eat some of the contract and say, you get the player. But like that's why the, the Stafford and Goff trade, the biggest piece to the Rams, which they were so like over the moon about, was obviously Stafford. But the second part was that the Lions agreed to take on that contract from Goff. And they're like, all right, you're going to take Goff and that contract? Great. Well, that's where we're at here with, with the Washington deal. So the Washington commanders who needed a quarterback, and they might view Carson Wentz differently than a lot of the rest of the league, they also took on the contract. So I think that was the key. Like, we have to get rid of Wentz and get something for him. They did. But to assume that there was a quarterback in the making that they've got, okay, well, we've got this deal turnkey boom snap i don't know if that's the case in indianapolis okay so let's think about a little bit more and a lot of people are going to be mad that we're only talking about the colts uh, but the Colts just so happen mm-hmm. to be the news conversation right now with carson wentz out there shrikes but it goes on to other teams too i mean that's the thing we could talk colts but it's in the sphere of 31 other competing teams that all you know are in the quarterback market as well okay so let's talk about you're saying new orleans hey there's no italians down there jimmy no, you hear me? no, no, no. there's no italians down there carolina oh the whitest oh, irish yeah. Yeah. city of all time sure. there's no italians there here in indy pretty predominant yeah. italian voices a lot of italians in here italians. i thought we weren't going to spread misinformation on this program what did i say that was wrong pretty Dominant Italian voices in Indianapolis. Go on, please. He did say that. Yeah, it's yeah. exactly what we ate. Fazolini's. Fa- no, well, they're, they're in Indy. There's a new Tony Steakhouse. Shrags told us about it. That's right. Jimmy loves It's been around, but it is delicious. It is. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's so good. Oh, what's that? Where else are you going to get piping hot breadsticks? Oh, it's Fazolini's you're talking about. You're still covered. Anyways, okay, so Kirk <laughs> Cousins is now allegedly on the move as well. So if he was to come to the Colts, like let's say today or tomorrow, you know, because he could be a guy that would put us in position to win, the Vikings would pick up a portion of that $45 million salary cap hit. And is he actually on the move or they're hoping he's on the move? You know, I saw Jason Lockenfora's report, and I'll just say, you know, during the coaching hire process, Kevin O'Connell and, and Kirk Cousins' relationship seemed to be very important when they hired mm. O'Connell. So the money, he's, I mean, knowing Kirk and his representation, he's not taking a discount. So that $45 million number you've seen, like, that's what it'll be. I don't see him suddenly saying, yeah, let's restructure and make it. I just don't. But I also would be, would give a little bit of caution. Just in the, the hiring of O'Connell, a lot of that was, hey, he was with Cousins in Washington. They had a relationship. Like I, I would be really surprised if they traded him today or tomorrow without some further talks. And it came that like they never had an opportunity to really work together. So I'm not so sure Cousins is on the block. And I could be proved wrong. That number is a, a, a you know a different atmosphere than we've ever even seen that number. Um, but right now, I would I would probably lean towards not so fast. How long do those deals take? The Jimmy G deal. There's you said four teams are already involved. There's probably every team that wants a quarterback is involved in that thing. Does it just become an arms race? Hey, this is what we can offer. And how much does Jimmy have say in this? Because you know Lynch 
Shanahan and Jimmy basically have all come out publicly and said, we're going to work together to find the right home for me. Is it just best offer? How will these teams end up winning this? And when do you see this all taking place? Because that is the next domino, right, for all the other teams to see Mariota and any of the other quarterbacks that they're thinking about. I think San Francisco's in no rush because they have their quarterback. So it's like what's right for Jimmy is going to be getting him to the team that he prefers. And obviously they want everything to end up right there. But I think it's one of those deals where they don't mind keeping the rest of the league, uh, you know, on the edge of their seat. And mm. yeah, you, whatever you can talk about advantage. Pittsburgh, mm-hmm. you could talk about uh, New Orleans, you could talk about all these different teams. But why would San Francisco rush? Now, what's right to do for these teams so they can fill the rest of their rosters out is to do it before the draft. But um, you know, free agency. If one of these teams says, "Hey, it's Jimmy or nothing," that's great. They can sit it out, or they can settle and they can go and get a Trubisky. Or they could settle and they can go and sign another player, or they could trade for another guy. So. I don't think the Niners are feeling this this great pressure to do this because, truthfully, there's multiple suitors right now, and they have their quarterback. So why should they bend over backwards to, to get a job done before seeing the best offer possible? That's such a brilliant, savage, but brilliant. Uh, we'll get back to you next week. And all these other teams are like, come on. <laughs> Shit. Come on. Yeah. We're trying to do business. It's like it, That's competitive advantage, though, keeping a quarterback – out of a system for mm-hmm. however long and making that now is Jimmy G like yeah don't worry about it fuck me over in this entire thing because you guys are okay I don't think he's being effed over I think there's enough good oh, destinations where yeah. I think he, he might be like hey whatever works out for everyone it's fine I just want to have a say or at least be aware of where I'm going before and I think knowing John knowing uh, what they're building there in San Francisco, I think they'll do what's right and they'll keep his his representation in the loop and they're not going to trade him to some barren lands team that has no chance to go to the playoffs. Oh, Jimmy G would not deserve that. He's no, going no, out. He wouldn't. Going out so nowhere. Hey, I'll throw another thing in that I heard a lot this week with the Wednesday. Like, you know, Stafford wanted to be a Ram and McVay and Cabo, the whole thing. But Stafford also was willing to be a Colt last year. Stafford oh, Stafford no. No, he was willing to do it. No he, he didn't say no to the Colts. Is he going you know, to the the Colts Niners, now? the Rams, and the Colts were the three teams. And mm. you look back at this oh. thing, and it's like, <laughs> was last year the year you should have been aggressive? And last year is when you mortgage the whole future. And that's who you go out. They didn't. So, uh, you know, Indianapolis, I feel for them in this case that, hey, look, we're, we're in this spot right now. We want to win, and we got this team. But, like, they didn't, they didn't go over the top to go get – you know, Matthew Stafford last year, it was more, hey, Frank Reich and Carson Wentz can go do this thing. Well, hold on. And then two years ago, we the last two Super Bowl champion quarterbacks mm-hmm. allegedly had ties to Indianapolis in the offseason. We grabbed Phillip Rivers yes. because of his familiarity with the system. Mm-hmm. Then we picked up Carson Wentz because his familiarity with the system. Sure. Is Frank right the problem? Storm. Maybe. I did remember there was rumors that Stafford was zillowing in Indianapolis, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Wasn't that something that was happening? He was willing to come. Was he right offer. Oh. Detroit would have done it. Oh, jeez. Oh, 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 no. Let's move on. A lot of vets getting cut right now, Shrakes. What is this all about? Is this salary cap? Is this the turnover of the league? And do you see more of this happening as this week continues before you know the league year begins next week where they have to have the salary cap and the roster already set up, basically? I do. It's my least favorite week. It's the week before free agency when a lot of veterans it's are masker kind of week. walking yeah, It's masker week, dude. Salary cap just came out, and now everyone knows exactly what they have to get to. So, you know, when that 
first CBA was signed in 2011, one of the un unexpected consequences was the whole middle class of the NFL, those veterans that are like that second tier, they took a real hit. The guys who are going to get paid are going to get paid, and then the young guys are going to play on cheap labor. Um, then this last negotiation in 2020, the hope was that that was going to be addressed, but it still seems like the middle class veteran, the guy who's going for his second or third contract is the one who's going to suffer. So you see guys like Roger Saffold, who's a great player for the Titans. They just they couldn't make it work. You see guys, of course, uh, like Kyle Rudolph in New York. Where Felice Yano. Great player, yeah. good Felice dude. Yano. Like, just wasn't going to work because these teams need to get under the cap. Felice Yano, too, out of Buffalo. Oh, I love John. Love John. Great dude. And, yeah, he takes it. Kendall Lamb in Tennessee, another good oh. player. Was supposed to make $3 million this year. Cut. So, like, it sucks. And the reason why, for what you were saying about the CBA, is they saved $2.6 million on a $3 million to get a rookie minimum contract. And the veteran men is another 500000 above that. And the thought, the concept, whenever they put that in there was, we'll get the veteran guys that are teamers and backup guys who have been around the NFL for a long time who deserve more, we'll get them more money. And then all the roster people were like, oh, if we cut two of these guys, we save a million dollars. That's three yeah. rookies we can actually sign there. So let's go ahead and just... See you later. And that's special teams. We saw it. Like, those are all my guys basically sure. just getting sliced out. Now it's all rookies. And I'm like, man, that guy's like a, a game changer or whatever. Uh, this guy's $500,000 cheaper. I mean, what do you want from us? It's true. Right. It's true. And it sucks. But that's what it is. And, you know, you look at these veterans and they say, well, then another team will sign them for, yeah, but is another team signing the guy that you didn't think was worthy enough? And it, it becomes really tricky. And I know that. You know, I talked to a lot of those veteran players, but also the veteran agents. That's the worst phone call to make because a lot of these, you know, you come out of combine week and everyone's hyping these rookies. And, and the other call is, hey, I got to call my veteran guy and tell him that he's probably out of work in about three days. Yeah, the draft was always something nobody looked forward to, you know, because a couple of my friends are getting replaced yeah. right there on the TV. True. By some young punk. Damn it. <laughs> they ain't never done nothing out there. Go ahead, Ty. Shrakes, for the last year or so, there's been rumors that Christian McCaffrey might be on the move. Uh, is there any other teams that you see, like, is, is that real? Is he potentially going to get traded? Or are the Panthers kind of just standing pat until they hear about what's going on with Deshaun Watson, and then he might be, be part of, like, that package to go get him? It's interesting. I, I don't know. Uh, I haven't heard directly from any of the Carolina guys that McCaffrey's on the move or is on the trading block. And I don't know the market for a running back making $16 million necessarily either. The The quarterback position is is all that matters right now in Carolina. And that's what's been most paramount. What what I look at with, with the Deshaun Watson situation is um, Friday, which is tomorrow, he has uh, a grand jury on eight different criminal cases. We'll know if he's got criminal charges. But there still needs to be clearance on a lot of these civil cases. And then the league could still suspend Watson for a year on top of that, even if he is cleared of the criminal charges. So it's a team and a market and a, uh, I guess I would say, ownership group that has a stomach for taking all that on because obviously it's not great public relations wise. And yet if you're confident enough in the young man and you've got a building that you think can handle that, well, then he's going to get a second chance in the league. It's just which team is going to be the one that says, you know what, not only are we going to trade all these picks, but we're going to go and get that guy, which a lot of people might not be comfortable with him joining our team. There's no actual expectation that that clears up tomorrow, right? No, I don't think so. Like, we'll get the first part of it tomorrow. I don't know shit about fucking the law world, but that that's always just like really, really, really long, right? Oh, yeah. I saw a tweet from a uh, sports uh, lawyer guy who said grand juries will indict a ham sandwich if they get a chance, so good luck. Mm. So oh, a lawyer said 
<laughs> a lawyer said that? Yeah. What the on his, grand uh, juries love indicting. So he said, grand, and the, the saying in the biz is grand juries will indict a ham sandwich. So. Well, what the ham sandwich do? Well, I, I think that's what he's <laughs> talking much. about. Right. Like he was just sitting there. My ham God. sandwich did nothing. Well, we don't know that, right? Yeah. I guess yeah. that's what grand jury We'll find out. That's what's Dumbest show of all time. <laughs> but yeah, that's going to be a long process. And I feel like it sounds like a lot of teams are like, all right, on Friday, we'll know if we're going to trade three firsts and a couple players for Deshaun Watson. Or there might be a team that is, though, right? Like, in a weird way, it's like we're in no such quarterback way. purgatory that we'll, we'll make that risk and hopefully our fan base can handle it and we'll deal with it at this point. I, that's where a lot of these teams are at because he still is one of the best players under 30 in the NFL. And what's what's interesting, and a different general manager said to me and said, you know, if a team does that, like you're putting your entire career on that one move as a general manager, as a team president, as a coach. And then the other part of it is like, he's not Tom Brady. Remember, his team was a four win team the last time he took the field. So I, I'm fascinated to see what the market price is, whether he would waive his no trade. And then if this if the if the legal stuff continues to drag on, which team has got the stomach to take it on because it is unsavory it's nothing there's nothing good about what he's accused of yeah very very serious allegations and we hope justice is served either way whatever it is 1000 percent. but that is i mean you there would have to be clauses in the contract i guess for all those traded picks like if he ends up in jail for 50 years like yeah. we would like those picks back is that has there been precedent for that or no 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 and that's it you're trading for the player and houston to their credit they paid him the full salary this year and and they're he still has a no trade clause and but they have made it very clear he will never, you know, if he doesn't want to be here, like, we're going to try to get him out of here if we can. And it hasn't happened yet. Okay. So no trade clause conversation. By the way, justice, either way, that's all, I think, very serious allegations. That's why it continues to befuddle me that there's some teams that are willing to give it. And why didn't he end up on the exemption list? I'm very confused about all of it. The no, wave, uh, no uh, trade clause. So whenever Russell Wilson is – thinking about being shopped. There's reports that Seattle said, we're not going to trade him within the NFC. So then it came out afterwards, once he ended up at Denver, that he did not waive his no trade clause to Washington and Philly. Those seem to be like contradicting reports because both of those teams are in the NFC. So if Seattle says, we're not going to trade him within the NFC, and then he gets traded to an AFC team, and then it comes out, well, he wouldn't trade for, uh, he wouldn't go to Washington or Philly. That doesn't seem like that makes sense. Do you have any clarity on that? And is that something that... No, I don't. I know. I know that. And, you know, this has been dif disputed many times, but I know that uh, while we've talked about this, that Denver and Green Bay weren't really engaging because everyone out of respect to Rogers was letting him kind of drive the wheel on this thing or hold the wheel and kind of steer conversation. And Hackett, who I, you know, I know really well, was like, if you know Aaron, you're not going to call like on Monday night and be like, hey, let me make the pitch for Denver here. Like, so we got great mountains and, you know, there's an awesome wide receivers room. Like, that's not what Roger, Rogers knew what time it was. And it's also tampering for anyone to reach out to him directly. So while that was going on, GMs can talk. And since the Senior Bowl, which was Super Bowl bye week, the week before the Super Bowl, George Payton and John Schneider were in talks building the framework for Russell Wilson. So wow. if they had to, if they had to choose like Rogers or Wilson, that's another conversation, but it really never got to that because Denver was like, we're not, we're, you know, Rogers obviously would be an amazing Denver Bronco, but it, it, he's going to be the one deciding with Russell Wilson and that deal. Like 
they were engaged since then, and then in the combine talks really heated up. And kudos to those guys for not leaking any of it. Anytime you say plan A or plan B, it's like you're saying this one's better than this one. But the fact that they had two different plans running concurrently is good business, I feel like, out of General yeah. George Payton. You would hope that everybody would be doing that at a position like the NFL general manager. They got a good one. And I'm yeah. a big fan. Yeah. I've, I've, hey, Shregs, it feels like you're a, a veteran player fan. You know, the way you yeah. act and operate, the way you talk. I feel like you try to paint a narrative to take care of players more often than not. How come people are saying that uh, Seattle won that trade because they got a bunch of picks? Now, we're going to a break here, hour one, wrapping up on SiriusXM. We'll have more on the other side about sports. A.J. Hawk joins us then. Great. I mean, that was really (laughs) How come people are saying Seattle uh, won that trade? And do you think that around the league, picks are going to become much less important than they had been in the past because so many of these dudes flame out, fizzle out. And if you can get a vet, especially with the way the salary cap can be manipulated, you go and do that. There's people that think Seattle won that trade, and I think that's what Seattle's probably selling. They lost. Did they? Not? I mean, they got their ass beat in that trade because they get a Hall of Fame quarterback in Denver and you lose one in Seattle. Give me the Hall of Famer every single time. Shrakes. Absolutely. I mean, I think Denver's doing flips and they haven't been to the playoffs since Peyton Manning left. And it was odd, it was odd because the trade was made 10, day, 10 years to the first visit Peyton Manning had to Denver. And there's a lot of symmetry in that. And when mm. Peyton Manning got there, he also brought with him Wes Welker, and then the next year, Demarcus Ware, and Aqib Talib and Emmanuel Sanders. Like, that's what the veteran and the Hall of Famer does. He brings other guys with him, not tangibly, but they know that, okay, if I'm deciding between Tennessee, where it's Tannehill, or Denver, okay, well, it's Russell Wilson. Like, I'll go to, I'll go to Denver and try to win a chip. Last but not least, I would say Seattle did a fine deal because the, the road was done. Like, it was done with Russ there. They had done because everything of Russ, they can. Because it of was them. over, so Why? they got all that for him. Why, Shrakes? Because of Russ or because of them? Everyone. It was over. It was done. It had run its course, and, and they weren't competing for a Super Bowl this year with Russell Wilson at the quarterback position. So they said, let's get something for him. They get a lot for him. They really did. But ask, ask the Rams if they regret trading you know, first-round picks for Matthew Stafford. Ask the Bucks if they resent going all out and all in when they went and signed Tom Brady. Like I think at this day and age – like. You need one of those quarterbacks to win a Super Bowl, and Russell Wilson's one of those quarterbacks. Yeah, we'll see, you know, the decision to trade Russell Wilson as opposed to Pete Carroll Mm. will be something that everybody will watch, you know, because it's not working because quarterback or it's not working because the coach is always the mindset whenever something's not working. I love them both. Hey, I love them both. But I think that'll be how this whole thing will be judged inevitably. Go ahead, Connor. Yeah, Shriggs. Uh, Amari Cooper was reported to be released, and now they're kind of trying to trade him. Is he drawing any interest from teams, or they just you know, clearly already know that if they don't get a trade done, he'll be released and they can redo his contract? Well, those are my favorite news leaks, and they came at the combine, that he's going to be cut. So then at the last second, you get about 10 calls saying, whoa, whoa, whoa before you cut him. Let us trade him. Well, no, no trade has happened yet. So I believe they, that was put out there intentionally to see if there could be a market created. But oh, um, as, as of right now, I, I'm not sure what, what the market is for Amari. And I think free agency might be the option after if he is released. He's coming to the Colts, right? Yeah. I would love it. It would be great. There's a lot of teams that can use him. He's a good player. Miami. 
the Colts. Uh, Patriots. Miami, probably. they already said. Hey, we are 20, 27 years old receiver who's had great seasons. Pretty good player. He really likes Waddle, too, he said. Yeah, but he also Best just friend. likes chilling. And Indy's yeah, a great place in, just to chill. Yeah, yeah. Bama guy. Not a Jones. talker. Not a talker. Uh, go ahead, Tone. <laughs> Shregs, uh I tried to talk to that fucking guy. Shregs, there was a lot of buzz around Mitch Trubisky uh, during the Combine week, and there's a report about him in New York, blah, blah, blah. But there hasn't been a lot of buzz about Mariota or Jameis, too. Like, what's going on with those three last chance QBs? Yeah, I think uh, everyone looks at Trubisky now as like, all right, let me get my second, let me get my grips on him because he now had a year with Dable and he had a year with the Giants and the Bills and learning from Allen. And maybe you look at the Chicago situation and say, well, okay, he was drafted second overall and everyone kind of had the same board. As much as everyone wants to kick and scream how he was drafted before Watson and Mahomes. There wasn't any great outrage when, when Trubisky was taken before those guys. So that's where the intrigue is. With Mariota, solid, serviceable, serviceable veteran. We've talked about it. Like, yeah, he's good. And then Jameis, it's coming off a very serious injury, and he's been in New Orleans for two years. And if they don't want him back, well, then what does he bring into my team? So I think Trubisky, because he's not untainted, but he's one of these deals where it's like, all right, th- there might be something still there. The other two guys, I think we kind of know what we're getting. Well, Shrags, we appreciate you, man. Every time Love we, you guys. Every time you come on, we know what we're getting to. An absolute stud dressed in Hollabird Sports. Oh, yeah. Out of Baltimore. Sports. Ladies and gentlemen, Emmy-nominated host of Good Morning Football, Pete Shrags. Appreciate hey, you. Hey, they have money to win. There's hey, other yeah. places. Unfortunately. Not so much. <laughs> tanking. But. Hey. He's got to have it. If you have the superior product, you will win. Bingo. Simple as that. You can dress everything up. You can dress everything up however you want to. But if you have the best product, you will win. FanDuel is just so goddamn easy and good. Last night I was watching an NHL game on FanDuel. Mm-hmm. Like on the app. They were yeah. showing the goddamn game. Awesome. It was incredible. It was like, all right, here we go. And I saw somebody get, huh? Give me a live bet yeah, on that thing. Need it. Need it right now. And I watched that hockey talk last night. Mm-hmm. And I seen the boys uh, chit-chat with a seven-time Stanley Cup champion. And then Weeksy, Kevin Weeks, two oh, guests yeah. last night. Rupp did the show from Vegas. We're really crushing right now. Here we go, boys. Speaking of crushing a man who's crushed everything he's ever done in his entire life, college football national champion. He he had... What do you have? Twenty-three tackles in a high school. Thirty-one, game? I think. Thirty-one tackles in Jesus. one in a game in high school twice. Jeez, ridiculous. Centerville, Ohio, as an elk, college football national champion, Super Bowl champion, COVID survivor, AJ. Hi, AJ. AJ with his Chuck Berry shirt on. Obviously, it has been far too long for him not to make an appearance. How you doing, pal? Great to see you. Hey, what what's happening with these sports books other than FanDuel? Well, I, I don't. I'm not 100 sure, but I feel like. They need to get back to the drawing board. Yeah. They're dying. Did something happen like publicly that we know about? Yeah, there's a lot of things getting announced. Now, Grant, I don't know about we, but like we pay attention pretty closely because, you know, FanDuel's obviously our largest uh, part- sponsor, partner mm-hmm. in this entire thing. And that sportsbook world's only going to grow. So you got to keep an eye out on what's going on. It's also very fascinating the business side of this entire thing. This will probably go on to be a trillion dollar business at some point. And right now, as something is kind of, uh, you know, beginning and the trails are being blazed, there's a lot of decisions being made. There's a lot of things happening. It's all very fascinating if you're into that type of shit. The sportsbooks world right now is very fascinating. Who's spending money where, how it's working out. But but I think, and I might be wrong in this, if you have the best product, you're going to win. Like, that's just, how it, that's just how it always goes. So FanDuel has so much of their assets going right to their tech 
in their entire thing. Mm-hmm. They go down one time out of nowhere. We had like 230,000 bets on one fucking bet, by the way. Yeah. But they go down out of nowhere. Everybody's like very confused. It's almost like when Facebook started with Zuck, he's like, we cannot crash. Mm-hmm. We cannot crash. And they got all their fucking coders in the back doing the entire thing. FanDuel's tech is just so smooth, so quick, mm-hmm. so efficient, and so reliable. And I just, we're lucky that that's the one we are yeah. Yes. Very lucky. Yeah. That we or we gamble on full time. But anyways, that's good business uh, research is going to happen on the whole sports book thing 15, 20 years from now. If people tell the truth on it, it'll be mm-hmm. interesting. Speaking of telling the truth, AJ, before we went live on air, I ran, I ran to the bathroom. I came back. It was like as the intro was running. And I was just thinking to my, myself as I was going to the bathroom, like Shrags brought up a very valid point. We could have had Tom Brady two years ago. Mm. Tom Brady was linked to the Colts. wanted to come to the Colts. We took Phil Rivers because Phil Rivers and Frank Reich had a relationship when he was at the Chargers, obviously. And this past offseason, Matthew Stafford was zillowing in Indianapolis. Okay? Thought he was going to Indy. And then, obviously, Cabo happened. Well, a little tampering, maybe. I don't yeah, know. Seems like Whoa. You tell me. Yeah. Probably he's supposed to go to the Colts, but instead he ends up in L.A. Both those dudes go on to win Super Bowls. But the reason why we got both quarterbacks, Carson and Rivers, is because they had direct ties to Frank Reich as a head coach and a play caller. I understand relationships are vital and everything like that. But the boys, Connor said something. All eyes are on Frank Reich this season, right? I mean, all this is, I assume Jim's not necessarily thrilled that both the guys that they were linked to, that they inevitably did not choose, went on to win Super Bowls with their new teams. And we are now sitting here kind of, you know, with no quarterback, which is where we are. Not that Tom Brady would still be playing, but it's just, that's, when you look back on how we got to this point, that is something that needs to be noted, I think. Are you talking about this because of the alleged report that Frank Wright apologized to the front office, I guess, for vouching for uh, Carson? Yeah, well, I'm not just talking about that because of that, although that does add to it. Did that happen? Do you think that happened? Zach Key for good sources. I mean, yeah, I guess I, I wonder how that goes. How do you, what do you say if you're Frank Reich? I fucked up. He wouldn't say that. <laughs> yeah. True, true. Fudged up. I fudged up, Jim. I'm sorry. Which kind of, which led us to the point that what we were talking about, him saying fudged up. Maybe it was like the personal, deeper relationship. You know, they're both yeah. very godly. like Listen, you do what you got to do. But picking with your familiarity seems like a smart decision and all that. But hindsight tells us that you got it wrong. You, get, you literally got it wrong two different times. That's just all – that's interesting to me because they got to be feeling that in that building. Have to be feeling. Frank has to sit with that. And Frank cares. Obviously, we watch Hard Knocks. He obviously cares. But at what point do we get a quarterback that becomes our quarterback for this Colts team that has been built up beautifully? Darius Leonard put out a tweet and said, here we go again. Here we go again. Five years Five different quarterbacks. Thank you, Carson, for everything this year, my guy. Wish you nothing but the best. Darius Leonard, I don't think he was saying this in any negative light. I think he was probably actually trying to be funny with this entire thing. But that is a sad state where how good of a football player he is. Quentin Nelson is. Jonathan Taylor. DeForest Buckner. They have all pros. Kenny Moore. They have all pros everywhere on that team. They just can't find goddamn most important position, AJ. When's that going to happen? This is every team. Every team that doesn't have a franchise quarterback, they're scrambling to find one. I just feel like the Colts may stand out, obviously because of how close you are to the team and live there and all that. Every other team's doing it, but they just don't build up their team around that quarterback position as well as the Colts have done. They've drafted very well, 
and guys are stars all over the place. And they're just trying to figure out who's going to be under center. And guess what? Like, it doesn't look much easier right now. Like, what do you do now? Kirk Cousins. I have Vikings pay. <laughs> okay. Vikings pay him. <laughs> Vikings pay him. Kirk Cousins comes here, even though Pete Schrager said, well, a massive part of the interview process was Kevin O'Connell and Kirk Cousins' relationship. Right. So Jason LaConfora is reporting that they're potentially shopping Kirk Cousins and he's become a hot name on the market. Jason LaConfora, how's the family? How's Gabagol? How you doing? How you doing? How you doing, huh? How you doing? You want to fucking go for a swim, huh? Mm-hmm. I ain't talking <laughs> Oh, yeah, you ain't holding your breath out long. Oh, thanks, mm-hmm. so. You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. I'm talking blip, 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 blip. That's what I'm talking about. Bubbles. How's the gobble Google down there? Very wet. And also, drowned. Bubbles Dead. disappear. <laughs> How's the family, though? How you doing? <laughs> Dump a body in the marsh. What I tell you? Speaking of gobble Google, have you seen the new Jimmy G Subway commercial? No, what? is it Gabagol? Gabagol yeah. sandwich. A lot of Gabagol. Is it the Italian? <laughs> yeah. Oh. He's, got, he's got his Nona in it. Oh. Nona? Do they, do they oh, have the on. emoji just across the screen? Order the... You don't even call it. So you know how <laughs> Prince went from a name to a symbol? Yeah. What if that's how you had to order it at Subway? You walk up, you go, I'll take a foot long. All right. <laughs> Toasted. Obviously, give me the mozzarella. Mm-hmm. And I would like a little fried mozzarella on the side. Give me a little bit of a salad with some seasoning. Mm-hmm. That's what you got to do at Subway? Yeah. yeah. yeah give someone me. please do that. Will someone do that and film it, please? Hey, give me the... <laughs> the person's looking at him like, are you okay? What's wrong with I you? I need some extra... <laughs> <laughs> The only issue is we don't like to put our Italian meats on Play-Doh and eat it off of that normally. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Yoga mats, dude. Fucking get, whoa, dude. Fuck get it right. Get it right, dude. I was in a big subway run at the time. <laughs> Learn about that. I thought I was eating healthy. Give me the uh, give me a full-on tuna. That's what I want to eat. And then oh, I find the out that tuna it. has more calories than the Big Mac. And then I was eating yoga mats. I mean, it was. I thought I was doing right by my body. Turns out I was just absolutely slaughtering it. Mm. Anyways. Shout out to the Hunter. <laughs> Joining us now is a man that I've been a massive fan of for a long time. Incredibly talented. Go dogs. Ho, 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 ho. A man out of Georgia obviously loves the Falcons. He has a new music video out in the middle that is debuting Minyana. The Out in the Middle Tour is coming to your city. You can get tickets right now at zapbrownband.com. An absolute living legend in the music industry. If you've ever seen him live, he sounds exactly like the motherfucker sounds in the studio. Ladies and gentlemen, Zach Brown. Yeah! Holy shit! Look how cool you look! (laughs) What's happening? Hey, how are you, man? Thank you for making time. I am, uh, we're all actually massive fans of yours. We think you're so talented and your songs are sweet. So thank you for making time for us. Yeah, brother. Thank you. Um, okay, so out in the middle. Let's get to this. Let's chat about it. You got a new music video coming out tomorrow. We saw it. Fucking fire, dude. Mm-hmm. Hey, this thing's fire. Whenever you start making songs like that, because obviously you've collabed with Avicii, you've gone all different genres. We go to your live show. You hit Sandman. This feels like a real country song. Are you getting back to full country roots here for this next tour? And how do you get to that process creatively? Yeah, so I got to write this song with Luke Combs, uh, who I'm a fan of. And um, just getting my band together for the first time, the first time that I saw all of them back in the studio together, um, you know, it, it was just magic. You know, I, I miss it's been like two years of destruction and things getting smashed, businesses getting smashed and things like that. But 
what came out of that was just rejuvenation and being able to create at home to want to sit with my guitar and craft and write at home. And, you know, my creativity, my headspace is better than it's ever been. And, and just, just through all those storms and coming back out again and being a part of something that helps to bring people together. You know, I feel like with all the politics and all the bullshit that's out there dividing everyone, that music is one of those things that we need that's a unifier and, and it's important. How tough is it to continue to write just hit songs like year <laughs> after year after year and be so consistent? I would imagine like, once you put an album out, you're like, all right, I got, I feel pressure to, to come up with another album eventually when you put that one out. Like, is that something you ever think about? You know, the, the love and the creation, the crafting of it is so fun for me. I love that part. I love getting to uh, dive in to the, to the vocal parts to just like, putting something together first of all having something to say that people can relate to you know that creative process and the people that i get to write with uh i've got some new people that i'm that i've been writing with for uh this last year um that part is is really the easy part for me i i love that part i love creating the new things and then figuring out how we're gonna perform live how we're gonna put that all together in a in a way and then figure out the show where we have you know our band's one of those that you have to see live to kind of understand um, because of all the diversity that we do and putting together covers and curveballs and things that people would never think that we would be playing. You know, I mean, we, we definitely are on country radio and we're Southern, but when you see our live show, it is all over the place. And so I'm very diverse, you know, being from Atlanta, I, I've been exposed to all different kinds of things and, and then traveling the world the last 20 years, you know, just that's been the greatest school for everything. Um, I love the creative process and, you know, I, it, that part's not hard for me. I think my headspace and being out, being through like some difficult things at home and being through COVID and all those things now, but having the time to reflect because it's been like the first 10 years, it was like holding on to a rocket ship and just kind of trying to, trying to stay sane, trying to grow and, um, and still stay creative, but I, but my headspace now is great. Like I'm present in it. You know, the things that COVID destroyed were things that I didn't really need anyway. You know, I think we realized that we get a, along a lot better with a lot leaner group and a smaller circle of people. And my team is amazing. And uh, and this this year our tour we're doing stuff that I've always wanted to do and never had the headspace to create and put the time into. Man, I've been to a couple of your shows, your band shows, and I'm on cloud fifty. You know, <laughs> yeah. I got some, some good friends living down the street. <laughs> and then as soon as that ends, all of a sudden the the stage goes black, and then boom, 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 and then you got this dude with chops who's out just absolutely killing Enter Sandman. It is an experience. You are great on the road. Like, you guys sound better live yeah. almost than in the studio. Have you always been into music? Did you know this is what the future was for you? And when did it all start? Yeah, I mean, since I could talk, I was singing. And I had siblings, like my, my older brother was just like, shut up, stop <laughs> singing, stop making noise. You're one you know? of 12, right? Yeah, that's including step and in-laws and all that. I mean, since I but since I was a kid, you know, my siblings are older. My dad's my dad's eighty six, so he's he's been at it for a while. I was kind of the last two raw for him. So <laughs> my oldest brother's twenty one years older, but that's what got me on to like seventies music, you know. 
I, I grew up listening to, you know, Almond Brothers and Pink Floyd and the Eagles and um, real songs, James Taylor, Jim Croce, like that's that culture listening to that older music is really what formed my taste for for these things um you know it's it's just a blessing to get to do what you love to do but also to try to stay relevant like what are we going to bring to the city the next time we come so that they're like okay we're going the next year and just keep it going you know um we're we're really really blessed and my team my my band you know i think the secret to it all is being the worst guy in the band <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's obviously you. Yeah, because you sing every song right on tune every fucking night. I have no idea how you do it. I scream into a microphone every single day. I just learned I had allergies last week. My shit's terrible. I don't know how you do what you do. It feels like you're a you're a chef, but hey, you've gotten kind of yoked up lately. Right? I think it was on uh, College Game Day. I believe you were singing for one of their shows, and they had this drone shot. And you, hey, have you been getting after it right now? Do you have an entire workout regimen? And how do you st keep the uh, the vocal cords healthy? You know, yes, I'm trying to hit it. I'm trying to be as healthy as I possibly can. I want to have as much energy. I love to adventure. I love to be in the woods. I love to free dive. I love, you know, I want to be, I don't want to be one of those hunched over red faced, you know, <laughs> old guys that can't, you know, <laughs> They, they can't move around, you know, I, I want to be able to run up and down mountains until I'm, you know, when I'm old. And so I've been I've been on a regimen to try to just take care of myself, feel as good as I can for my kids and for the music. And, um, you know, I, I'm on a tear. Anything that makes me better, feel better. I've been working with a life coach the last five months, which has been really cool, doing a lot of plant medicine work. Um, those things have been really awakening for me. Um and I'm always curious and hungry about how to how to keep things going. That probably helps your writing, right? A, a life coach, because you're that's a lot of therapy, right? You're talking about yourself probably to them. I assume that's bringing up a lot of ideas for music and shit. Are you writing already, and are you writing constantly? Constantly, I've already started. You know, writing for this next album. I've already got a, a great batch of songs going. Um, you know, I, like I said, man, I'm, I'm just in such a good headspace. Home is creative and happy. My kids are good. Business is good. You know, we've, we've, at the end of this year, we'll be out of the debt from COVID because watching that rack up, you know, 90% of my earning is, was playing shows. And so for two and a half years, shut down, you know, and just, I, I'm blessed to be in a place I negotiated a long time ago to be able to own my masters. And so I was able to get a loan big enough to survive it all. And then right when we went on tour last year, I just reached the, the credit limit. You know, and without oh, having to go back dude. and figure it out. Hey, you want all? Hey, let's go. Yeah. Hey, that's a motivational story for everybody fucking going all in. And you're incredibly talented. I assume everybody would say, yeah, you're going to make it. But there's a moment there where you have to look yourself in the mirror and say, hey, fucking, this is everything right now. Congrats. You're like almost <laughs> reborn again, it feels like an entire new run. I'm excited to hear the music that's that right. comes from this, man. Go ahead, AJ. Zach, so do you ever watch like I see? So Kanye is doing these listening parties and. He'll show up two hours late, and all Pat and I all we talk about is, man, I know you have huge overtime fees. You got to pay for these unions if you are renting these arenas or you have a venue. You ever think about that? And like, how strict are they? And if you have to get off at a certain time, are you guys always sure to get off right at that time? Yeah, there's some shows where it's like ten grand for every ten minutes that you go over. Um, hey, you're coming to Indy. Hey, you're coming to Indy. I'll put up a hundred grand. Just fucking, <laughs> just keep it going. Just keep That's it right. Going. Yeah. So you know, 
being professional is part of it too. You know, we, we've been 10 years where nobody's allowed to drink or smoke or do anything like that before we go on and play. I mean, it's a competitive business. I, I look at what we do kind of like an athlete. You know, we want to get on stage and put on the absolute best show that we can or else somebody's going to go spend that money. I, I watch some these ass clown people go on and play a show and they're, they're drunk, you know, they're just, they're drunk and they, and, and they're not singing good and not, you know, and that's just not, I don't look at it like that, man. I, this is, this is like a, a football team, you know, we, we, we work together to try to make, to give everybody every drop of energy that we have. And if we don't, and imagine, so there's 110 of us on the road, you know? And so imagine if all of them are allowed to just drink and do whatever they want, they might've had a bad night and show up. Like, I don't tolerate that. And it's, it's, I love every single person that I get to work with. And we take it all really seriously because the fans, when they buy that ticket to come see us, they deserve to get their money's worth and, and more. And so that's what keeps us kind of, that's what keeps us relative and keeps us hungry and curious. You know, I'm, I'm never satisfied with where we are. I always want to take it to that next level. And now that I'm through this, these storms and these things, man, we just got, I've got so much bandwidth to put back into the music again. And that's, that's where we're at. We, you know, there's so much more to come, you know, I'm just, I feel like in a lot of ways of just getting started, you know, I'm, I'm working on things. I want to be a lean, you know, rip machine by the end of this year. I've never been able to get like fully, you know, fully in shape where I'm just like, you know, flexible and working on these things. So there's, there's, there's a lot of goals and things that I'm working on, but it's all around things that serve me. And I'll just keep plowing down that road. And we're so blessed to have the fans that we have that show up and people like yourselves that are helping us to stay connected to people. Um, you know, this, it's, it's important work, man. Music is powerful. It's power. You know, Bob Marley, it's like when the music hits you, you feel no pain. And, and we need that right now. You need to turn the fucking news off and listen to some music and look around because when you get away from all of that noise, this is the best country in the world to live in. Hey, let's go. Oh, yeah. Stand in your way. Hey, let's go. And by the way, if you didn't come on, the, we are thankful for you coming on this show. <laughs> if you didn't come on this show, you're selling out everywhere anyways, pal. Your live <laughs> shows are amazing. It's awesome to hear the attention to detail that you have and how much like respect you have for your fans. Like, hey, they're coming out here. They can have fun. All right, but we are doing a show. It pays off every single time. One last question for you here. We know you're busy, so we appreciate your time. This dude created this hat, custom-made hat. Took eight weeks to get done for an interview with you because he loves your hat game, Tone Diggs. Zach, obviously, great hat game. I respect it. I went to the, the concert this summer, and when Understand Man came on, like the place went fucking insane how do you guys decide which covers you're going to do and do you know like when that comes on like when the music starts playing like that you know it's going to be a huge success yeah you know things that i've got a good barometer as just like an, a, a a listener and a music fan that's what started that's where it started for me was just loving music and so when we put our encores together the encore we're putting together for this year is going to be mind-blowing the whole second half of the show we got robert randolph and the family band coming out with us on tour insane musicianship there they're joining my band for the second half of the show so we've got a super band for the second half of the show this year and you know the horns and the background singers and the whole thing so and the set pieces i've had craftsmen from all over the nation help me to build the pieces that actually make the set for this year so you're going to be immersed in this giant living room that feels like you're outdoors 
for this show what we're going to be able to do and you know we're we're bringing it so if you if you haven't been to a show you should come if you've been this is definitely going to be one to remember and i just i think if if we can pull off which we will we're going to pull off what what my vision is for this it's going to be something like that that i've never done before so i'm pumped about that hey i'll be high as shit there watching you can't wait to watch go to zachbrownband.com for tickets out in the middle tour he's coming to your city there's an out in the middle uh music video dropping tomorrow you're a legend dude keep killing it yeah, brother. Thank you, man. Hey, we appreciate it. I can't wait to see you doing like fucking, you know, like backflips on a stage. <laughs> oh, yeah. You're going to be all yoked up. Ladies and gentlemen, Zach Brown. Thank yeah. Hey, thank the, you. hey, nope. Hey, thank you, dude. Thanks, man. You just missed the greatest, like, hat, like, hat tilt of all time. Oh, I didn't it, miss it. Call him back. <laughs> we can't. Ah, shit. Shit. Um, whenever you talk to somebody like that uber creative, I enjoy it. Like so breaking yeah. down his process and you ask some questions and like him explaining yeah. the set and everything. I love that. And the whole, Hey, we got 110 people. Let's not fuck around. And he called some people ass clowns. He's like, mm -hmm. yeah. I watch some people, these ass clowns go out and just disrespect everybody that's there basically. And it, it shows by the way, when never, yeah. when you go to one of his shows, it it's is, incredible. Hey, it's awesome. Yeah. They do not mail it in. I've, I've been to a few of his shows over time and yeah, I was like, all right, didn't know a whole lot even about the band before I was at the place. I'm like, these dudes are unbelievable. And then they're playing all kind of different covers. Yeah, it's, they're pretty, uh, it's pretty amazing, like the range they have. So, like Dave Matthews, right? Yep. He's a live artist. Mm -hmm. Every show goes like four hours almost. Yeah. Like, there's Zach Brown Band is like, hey, we are a live artist. Like, I don't want to say jam band because that just sounds like you're kind of knocking down the creativity. But whenever you go to, it's stupid. I'm a massive fan. And I think it was because I went to a show and I was like, holy shit, these dudes are unbelievable. You know who else sounds very good that I did not expect? Who? Wiz Khalifa sounds yeah, exactly. Yeah. He did. Uh, yes, unreal. he did. I agree 100%. He sounded great in person. Even in the parts that he had to like sing a little yeah. bit, mm -hmm. he sounded exactly like the studio. Because you go to some of these shows. What did I say, Pat? Hold on. Don't cut you off. What did I say to the boys? I turned instantly to, to the boys and said, he's a really good singer. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> this guy sounds exactly like he sounds yeah. on the radio. There's a lot of respect for that. But there's so much that goes into all of that. You know? Like oh, yeah. Taking ready. care of yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because my voice changes every single fucking day. I couldn't you, imagine. You brought up Dave and it's... Ironic, because I was thinking about this morning, like, because Dave was awesome concerts. I used to go all the time and then started going to Zach Brown concerts. He's just like more of a country, like, because they have the whole band. They do every single style of music there. It's a good Those time. are the best concerts. Oh, yeah. ZachBrownBand.com. The one in Indianapolis will probably be it. It sells out every single year. Oh, though. yeah. It's going to be awesome. The most electrifying player to ever grace a college football field. Whenever you talk about the greatest college football players of all time, all the conversations seem to revolve around the same people. And for some reason, this human gets left off of that combo. Multiple time award winner, won five straight bowls, including the senior bowl. I was able to ride his coattails to some magical, incredible moments on the field, off the field. One of the greatest leaders I've ever been around. And although his football career did not work out on the field, he is now a coach in college former teammate of mine ladies and gentlemen mr 2k pat white yeah! Yeah! i love that intro there pat man hey it's very real i got to see it up close and personal there was never enough respect in the nil deals if you were able to get those back in the day you built all of fucking morgantown and never got paid off for it i wish you're in the wrong era brother i was lucky to be there oh, yeah. though when you were there 
we'd all be riding around with Mercedes right now. <laughs> hey, rolling. hey, the potholes would have been tough, and obviously the <laughs> drunk, stumbling humans would have been tough to avoid. But, Pat, how's life? You're in the coaching game now down at Campbell. You enjoying it? Back in football? Yeah. Were you jaded with football? Are you excited to be back in there? Where's your mindset at? Oh, yeah, I was definitely jaded for a while, but I am blessed to be back in there. Former teammate of ours, Ryan Stanchek is the one who got me back into it. I'm forever grateful to him for that, man, and back coaching my QB, so loving every second of it. How different is the game now? Obviously, the game is much different. I, I feel like athletic quarterbacks are all over the place. Like, when you're coaching them now, are they coming into college different than they were when you were coming out of high school? Uh, the game has evolved downfield, especially for you defensive guys, right? That RPO game is uh, a lot for you all to see, right? Uh, it's, it's a lot on your eyes, but Quarterback-wise, um, obviously more athletic. Right? They're, they're starting to look more and more like me, which is uh, I appreciate it. Right? Uh, I'm, I'm a little bit early, but uh, it's definitely a plus to be able to coach the guys who can move and, and get around the field a little bit. Hey, how, how similar is the offense that you and Steve and Owen and Darius and everybody in that offensive line, including Stancheck, who got you into coaching? Shout out to Ryan Stancheck. How similar is that to what everybody is doing now? Was that like kind of what everybody's doing now? And do you feel like you're way ahead of the game? It, it's not kind of what everybody's doing. It, it's exactly what everybody's doing <laughs> with addition. Yeah, with addition of downfield throws, right? All we were doing was getting bubbles to Darius Raynard and let him do the rest of the work. And now they're doing that thing downfield, so safeties have to get involved. Man, it's a little more advanced. Aren't you the perfect person to be coaching it, though? It feels like this is the right place, right time for you right now. I think you hit the nail on the head. <laughs> and I, I, I got real-life experience doing it. Um, from the early stages, inception, so, I mean, now to be here coaching is, is definitely a plus. So um, when I'm speaking, I'm speaking from experience. I ain't guessing. Hey, whenever the guys, do they all know you from 2K, I assume, all the players now, they just remember you from the video game? Or do you have to show them some highlights and be like, hey, every one of you would get fucking cooked by me. <laughs> <laughs> How is the respect level amongst the players? I assume immediately they love having you around. Well, a lot of them don't realize it. Right? They just see me as Coach White, and then when they figure out it, they're like, hold on, Coach. You the guy I used to play with on the video game? Oh, man, that's crazy. And I'm like, yep, yeah, I saw about 500 bucks from it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you remember O'Bannon? Hey, thanks, O'Bannon, man. Got a good settlement. We got about 600 bucks each. Yeah. Hey, we appreciate that. That was awesome. You were the face of that game. Still are, by the way. People are talking about bringing it back, and your name is immediately associated with it. When you look back at your time at West Virginia, I was very lucky to be there front row watching you grow as a player from the opportunity that you were not supposed to have. Somebody gets injured, you come in and absolutely make the most of it. Your tag team was Steve Slayton, who was supposed to go to Maryland, and then Fridge pulls his scholarship offer a week beforehand. He ends up at West Virginia. You become this dynamic duo that changed football, ESPN, the Big East, everything. When you look back on it, is it... Do you do that often? Have you tried to separate yourself from it? What are your thoughts on Morgantown and your time there at West Virginia? Every time I try to separate myself, there's another highlight that pops up. <laughs> um, but I, I, def I definitely appreciate that. Don't get me wrong. Uh, Pat, do you remember this, though? How you made your name and how you got started. It was another Louisville game. Go on. Right? Well, we, we had a, a shank punt, unfortunately. Um, and from, from then on out... It, 
Pat Mack did all the special teams. Yes. And, uh, yeah. The, the, the legend grows. Right? I do remember that. I don't that. know if you remember that. Oh, I we, remember it that. Was, it was a tough loss. It was a tough loss. <laughs> it was in Louisville. Uh, it was late game. Mm-hmm. Punt's supposed to go left. Yep. Ends up going right. They return it to the mm-hmm. house. Oh. Next day, I'm called into Rich Rodriguez's office. Hey, you're fucking punting next week. <laughs> I was like, all right, I got to figure it out. First punt, I roll, I kick, I fall. I slip and fall as I'm hitting it. Get a great roll, though. Great roll. And it was like, all right, we're off and running at this point. I was lucky to be a part of that group, though. Everybody worked their ass off, Pat. That bar was workout, 6.30 a.m. It felt like everybody is in. Everybody was in. Is it like that nowadays still? Is there any difference, you think, between the culture of what it used to be like and what it is now? What we had, I think, was special. I don't know if a lot of people have it. I'm unsure about Morgantown because I am not there. But I will say this, in in Bowie's Creek, North Carolina, here at Campbell University, Mike Minter, Coach Mint, is doing a great job of implementing that and establishing that. And I'm I'm, I'm bought in on what he's teaching right now. I'm very grateful to be here, right? Campbell in the middle of nowhere, uh, FCS school. Where is that? Who is that? But Coach Mint is doing a hell of a job, fellas. What do you think about the generation, this generation of players? How do you, is it tough to coach them? Are they softer? That's what everybody says. Oh, this group's softer. Is that true or is that just an excuse? It's the age of social media. So everybody expects instant gratification on everything in life, right? And some kids don't understand that you got to work for it. You got to wait. You got to be patient. And right? if you live in right and you do right, it'll come to you. Um, so they just expect it to happen now. In some cases, not all cases. You still got your grinders. Now, you guys mentioned Rich Rodriguez and playing for him. What, what was that like? We know he's a very intense, hard-driving coach. Obviously puts, puts together a great staff. You guys won a ton of games. Do you look back now that you're coaching, and do you ever use any of the tactics that Rich Rod used on you? Oh, yeah, I'm an asshole. <laughs> Are you? Are you really? <laughs> I mean, some Rich Rod in me. I, I can't help it. I, I spent four years with the man, so it, it was – Helpful for me, um, some of it, not all of it, and hopefully it'll be helpful to my, my players here in the future. Hey, he was intense, man. That was my first time getting dropped into the football world, but we would win games, you know, and a lot of that is because I, you, you and the group that we had in there, but there is no way Rich Rodriguez could coach in 2022 the same way that he coached when we were in college. Now he's getting an opportunity at Jacksonville State, and he's evolving. You said you have a little bit of Rich Rod in you. Is there any other coaches you learn from, any other people you learn from to create your coaching style? But There are a lot of people who were influential in, in my journey. Essentially, forgive me, that's my, my daughter in the, in the background screaming. Hey, she's more a lot of people were influential. Oh, yeah, she's going to be an animal now. But, um, I mean, that, one person I reached out recently to, came, in, came back in contact with, was David Lee, my former coach uh, for the Miami Dolphins. And he was very influential and, and helped me. Even though that relationship didn't work out, I get it. It's business. It was bigger than what he and I had going on, but he spent that time with me. Right? And uh, to have that relationship with him now is, I'm very grateful for it. Also, uh, just watching and learning from my dog, Chad is one of the best to ever do it. Right? Um, I think he was about 10 sh- shoulder surgeries in um, and still dropping back, still putting that thing on the money, on time. And just to be able to coach from those experiences, uh, I'm, I'm very grateful for. I also got a, 
my dog George Whitfield. He he helped me out. He's he's quirky with it, but he taught me some some football. Let's talk about your NFL experience. You get drafted to the Dolphins. This comes after a combine in which I believe they told you to beefen up because the quarterback, you're going to have to take hits. So they kind of took away everything that made you special. Now, granted, you were still special, but whenever you fell to the Dolphins, I think all of us were confused. I got a chance to watch you work and perform. And then that whole thing unfolds. And then you go to Washington, I believe, and that whole thing unfolds. How do you view the NFL? And how much do you think, like, man, if now was the time, I'd be the fucking guy? It's hard not to think about that, I'd assume. Yeah, it crosses my mind. Um it's brought up from time to time, but I look at it as me being in a great position now as a person who experienced it uh, firsthand to be able to coach it. Um, again, right, I'm, what, 36 now, and I'm sure, like, both of you some days, you're like, shit, I, I can maybe still do it. But then you realize, <laughs> hold on, like, I'm old. Um, but just to have the opportunity to be able to get out there and coach from experience is a plus, right? Kids look at you like, yeah, right, what you talking about? Like, no, mofo, I did it. (laughs) (laughs) Did you always plan on coaching, or was it something you you never thought you'd do? I tried to run from it, right? I had a a bad taste from my experience in the league, unfortunately, uh, with the game. And being back in the game is a blessing for me able to work through that and get over it. Um, And a shout-out to Ryan Stanchek for – staying on me because um he wouldn't allow me to say no too many times i tried and he's like no nah, bro you supposed to be doing this and i'm like yeah let's roll <laughs> well the game day is better with you in it and i'm excited to see where you grow in the coaching ranks you're all the way back in though the white brothers flag football down there in alabama eastern shore flag football league one of the nfl's uh uh content like off of the nfl mm-hmm. he's got philip rivers coaching yep. in this thing Damn. What? Whoa. let's go dude you're growing the game you're giving back to the game the white brothers are doing everything let's go yeah. i mean where else would you want to be on i'm guessing tuesdays and thursdays during the middle of the week other than in Daphne, Alabama, watching my dog Philip <laughs> coach flag, yo. It's crazy. Uh, you're giving back to the game, though. You're back coaching. What do you view? What do you oh, – yeah. are you just trying to focus on, like, today and on Campbell, or do you obviously have grand plans to take over and be a head coach someday? I think you would have to, especially with how competitive of a human you are. I am working on making good young men better men on a daily basis. And making sure that they're on time. I'm, I'm always watching feet. So uh, I'm being where my feet are. Oh, focusing on now, yeah. everything else will come. You were drafted to the MLB like, what, five times, four or five times? You still doing any uh, athletics? What are you doing? Are you throwing the ball around? You say, you running at all? What do we got? What, are we getting old? We're a dad now? About to have another child, I believe. <laughs> Pats? Yeah, so. Yeah, I've been working on the girls, trying to get balls in their hands. They, they've they been very hesitant. It's one of them, my oldest. My youngest girl right now, she loves it every day. Ball, dad, let's play. She's on my neck, beat my ass, whatever. <laughs> the most important, right? I got a little junior on the way. Congrats. Hey, yeah. White the second, man. Let's <laughs> It, it made me feel like a man again. All respect to my daughters, but I feel <laughs> having, having that son makes you feel manly. 
Well, Pat C. White the second is going to have a lot to live up to, obviously. The boys have some questions. Go ahead, Ty. Pat, going back to the baseball, was there ever a point where you can actually considered that uh, as, as a future, or was it always football? Or like after you were done in the league, did you ever think, like, oh, shit, I, I should have went and played baseball. I, I might still be playing. Um, Actually, before I started, well, got in versus Louisville. Um, so I was ready to give it up, call my dad, like, listen, these guys, Rich Rod, don't think I can play quarterback. He ain't going to never put me in. They keep throwing this guy in. He keeps getting hurt. He keeps going back in, whatever. I'm like, bring my glove. He's like, heck no, son. You show up every day and you act like you're the starter. Right? At the end of the week, if you still feel the same way, I will bring your glove. Right? That game, he got hurt. I went in a little bit and the rest is history. So, yes, I thought about it. I was ready to get the heck up out of Morgantown. Like, listen, I'm going to swing a stick. Thank God you didn't. Just from my, <laughs> from my particular perspective, I'm very thankful you didn't. Didn't you? You were in the minors, didn't you, for a little bit? You went and tested it out and tried it out? Yeah, I did uh, spend some time with the Royals for a little bit. Uh, actually, a couple of years before they won that, that World Series, uh, kicking myself in the, in the butt. Um, but it was right after um, that brief stint with the Dolphins. Uh, I felt like I was a little too aged to be out there competing with 17, 18-year-olds at 25 at the time, uh, trying to compete for, you know, rookie ball contract or single-A, double-A, whatever it may be. Did you but see, I did do it. Could you see the curveball? You could see the ball? You, like you, did you get a check mark in your head? Like, if I wanted to be a pro, I could have been? You, you try me, Pat. No, no! <laughs> uh, listen, I'm a... <laughs> I am an I am athlete. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, but check this. I was two for six. And I hadn't swung a bat in like six years. So, I mean, it's like riding a bike. I, I don't mean to brag, but you guys, I mean, I have to play a little baseball. <laughs> Go ahead, Connor. Yeah, Pat, you mentioned how the offenses now in college football are kind of more curtailed to your style of play. Do you see a difference in defenses now? Like, are they more athletic? Do you think you'd have more success today than you did even back then? Um, They've adjusted a lot, especially with the defensive ends. Um, they also – they're putting more of like a 4-2-5 a three-three-five, so there's like a, a extra safety back there who's roaming, and, and his his responsibility is uh, is to attack. So I mean, there's some adjustments on both sides being made, which is good for the game, right? Anytime, hey, anytime you would stick that foot in though, and it was, hey, we are going this way now. It was it was game set match. As soon as and the only thing that would ever get us is if there was any penetration. It felt like any penetration that kind of slowed down the rhythm of you and St- or your dive to Owen or pitch to Steve. But as soon as from the sideline perspective, because you know I did punt, I did kick. So literally every the end of every single drive, I'm doing something. And I would normally tell like early in the game, does this team have any fucking chance? And then you would get him, he would get to the side, and then it would just be one step. And then as soon as he turned this way, it was like ah. All right, a lot of fucking kicking today. Wait, <laughs> this team ain't going to be able to catch up. Whenever you got into zones like that, was it just like – could you tell me the high? Because I don't think I've ever asked you because, like, while we were living it, you know, we were enjoying it, and then we had to work our asses off and we had to do it again. Was there some games where you just thought to yourself, nobody can touch me on this field? Because that's what it looked like from the outside looking in. Um, <laughs> Forgive me for this statement, but – Every game, I, I <laughs> whether, whether, whether it happened or not, that that was the feeling I had 
to work myself up to going into it, right? Um, and, and that started early from the time I was like four playing ball, like championship, 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 championship. So I was raised to be a winner. It, I, it's amazing. Baseball, football, don't matter. Like we were stepping on the field, we were gonna win a championship of some sort. God, that's literally how you acted too. You were so cool. I didn't know you were gonna quit if they didn't go in that game. I'm pretty happy you didn't. Well, no, don't say quit. I was just gonna change sport. Retire, retire from football. Yeah, you. you were gonna go, yeah. but yeah, you would have left our team. We would have been fucked. I couldn't even imagine <laughs> what we would have been. Now that I'm thinking back, we were. A lot more punt. I mean, I would got a lot of extra effort, I guess, on the, the entire punting thing. But there was never a moment that looked too big for you ever. You always were just like the coolest dude of all time. And I think that was one thing that radiated to the rest of us, I think. You know, like, Rich is going to be Rich Rod. He is super intense. He is pissed, by the way. He is not happy with whatever's going on. And then you were like the perfect end to the end there, where you're always cool, always working, always ready. You were built to be a quarterback, I think. I'm happy and lucky that I was on a team that you were you led, brother. I want to let you know that. Go ahead, Tone. Pat, be honest with me. You're just talking about your confidence. Uh, how hard is it? as a quarterback in that system to actually read the defender and give the ball. I mean, how many times were you like, nah, I'm not reading. I'm just keeping it on this fucking play. Um, you're supposed to do your job. Right? <laughs> um, obviously when you have Owen next to you, we have Steve, you have guys like Noel Levine next to you. Right? You want to let those guys eat too, right? If they're doing well, you're doing well. So, um, being a team player is important, right? There, there were, Zero times where I just pulled it just because I wanted to. Now I may have had a bad read, and it may like, may have looked like I did it because I wanted to, but there was never an instance where I was just like, "I'm gonna be selfish here." Awesome. Pat, you ever play defense? I, I could see you laying some people out. AJ, man, I thought I was a gangster defense back in the day until I got <laughs> to ninth grade. Like I thought I was a headhunter. Like, I thought I was the meanest person on the field. That's who I wanted to be. Rod Woodson. That, that was me as a as a kid coming down from safety trying to smack people. And then everybody got big. So I was like, hey, yeah. <laughs> hey UConn, UConn got a chance to eat a, uh, a crack back. One of the best plays in history. Steve, who's faster than your team, was cutting this thing back for 50 yards. And Pat, there was numerous times where you would like wave Steve, like, let's go, I'm actually doing this. And that UConn play where this guy's running like 20 yards and you, with your fucking throwing shoulder. Now, listen, I didn't even think about that at the time. Let's relax a little bit, but also leave your dead body on the field, dead body on the field. And I talked to like Darius Butler and I talked to guys from UConn and people around the Big East. And they're like, every week when we had to play Pat White, it was a fucking nightmare. And that has to be like the biggest compliment of all time, I'd assume. Somewhat. Other times they were trying to kill you. So it's like my, my body thanks them now. Right? <laughs> <laughs> every week somebody's trying to break my face. And I, I'm, I'm still, like, I, I, that play was amazing. And what's crazy is as a park ball player, every game, that's what my team growing up was known for. And we were trying to crack back, knock people. It's obviously illegal now. But um, I was hoping Steve was just going to keep running full speed. And that guy, whoever he was, would have been asleep. 
Yeah, he what? was. I think he did. I, I mean, uh, I, don't, I think he was running full speed. I'm not 100% sure. But, yeah, you absolutely killed him. And it had another layer, I think, of respect from everybody in Morgantown and across the entire country. Who has been somebody that you've met along your travels and journeys here that said, oh, my God, I used to play with you in NCAA, or, oh, my God, you're Pat White. I loved watching. We were on Thursdays, like, mm. every week it felt like. All eyes on West Virginia. Have you met anybody in your journeys that you didn't expect that watched you dominate at West Virginia? Mm. There's been a handful of people. Most recently, uh, with Philip Rivers uh, joining Eastern Shore Flag, uh, he was talking to my brother. He was like, yeah, I remember Pat. I never met him, but I heard about him. And I was like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> <heard> about me? <laughs> no, but that, that was a pretty cool. Hey, they you were literally the person that they put on ESPN. Like, we, you were the reason we were on Thursday nights all the time. Now, granted, I wasn't attending class much, but I assume <laughs> that the, our academics weren't that fantastic. Those Thursday night games were fucking awesome. Awesome. Rich, Rich was a genius for that. Like, was nobody that him? was playing nothing. I don't know, but, I mean, I'm giving him credit. <laughs> he was the head coach at that time. You remember when he would get mic'd up for those things at practice? And they had to bleep out half of it. <laughs> I can't wait to watch you to continue to grow in the coaching ranks. Thank you so much for your time. Thanks for allowing me to fly under your wing to incredible celebrations. I mean, a lot of great celebrations. I apologize for not performing as great as you did on numerous occasions. I wish I could have kept up, but I appreciate the hell out of you, brother. Man, I appreciate you for reaching back down and, and pulling me back up. Man, that's a blessing to me and all the Mountaineers around the world. And, and let's, let me say this, the Campbells too now. I mean, the, the, the Camels also. There Cam you go. The Campbell Camp? Campbell Camels. Whoa. Talk about it. We in there. <laughs> hey, hey, let's fucking go, dude. Have, have you ever seen a camel in action? Them things are mean. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're like a yeah. pissed off horse. I rode one right. once. It spit. Right. And had no, I mean, it was a, it was a savage animal, Pat. Oh, yeah, yeah. So run up on us if you want to. Oh, yeah. You're going to get that camel. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You're the best. Ladies and gentlemen, Pat White. Thank you. Yeah. That's how all Broncos fans were, I think, yesterday. They should be excited, AJ. Sounds like they're putting the uh, cart in front of the horse, there aren't they? Oh, counting oh. the eggs, you're saying. Whatever those cliches are. Well, I mean, I thought we could No, they should. They should feel great. He's so anti-cliche. What? What if they fucking win? It'll be Peyton, Tom, Matt, Russ. You know, like the rest yeah. of the NFL is hoping to God that the Broncos don't win a yeah. Super Bowl. Everybody else that is on any team that isn't in like a super nice city with good tax breaks or anything like that is just praying to God that this does not work. But all signs point to Russell Wilson joining that squad, a renewed energy with everybody. That whole thing working out, it seems like, is going to take place. Yeah, that division is going to be electrifying for the entire year. Because even in the beginning of last year, the Chiefs were like 2-4, and four, and then they came all the way back, and it's going to be cool to see. And Justin Herbert's got lots of proof. Uh -huh. He does. Third and, Brian, year. and Brandon Staley, exciting brand of football. And Russ right. kind of has lots of proof because people think he stinks after last year. Oh. He's freaking hurt the and whole time. And he season. is the people say the Seahawks won there. Oh, yeah. yeah. But. I'm done. I, I yawned twice during the show. Can't do it. <laughs> That's just terrible for the listeners because everybody's yawning right now. What if he can't come back from the mallet finger? <laughs> he already He's did. Back, dude. Back. He didn't last year. He was terrible. Whoa. Whoa. Was it him or was it the team? 
A little of both, my friend. Came hey, back. that mallet finger did hurt him a little bit more than everybody else. Came back yes. very fast, though. He was in this moment, that although was. he's got a Seahawks hoodie on right there, because we were told that Denver was the only place he would wave the no trade clause to. He was envisioning himself being a Bronco right yeah. now. Yeah. See, that was he, at Hines. I thought he was doing He was that. actually calling plays from Nathaniel Hackett's playbook. Yeah, talking <laughs> to Jerry Judy. In the air he was breathing there, mile high. That's right. It was thin. He looked around and saw all the orange crush. Wow. Oh, my God. Just like TD. I'm gonna get What's he going to say for real? Is he really going to say go 5-280 at the end of his interviews now? Go Bronx. I don't know if he's going to say go Bronx. He's got to have a tag. He's, he's got to have some tag. He might just name. nay. What if he just nays? Oh, like a horse. No. Something like that. Oh. That'd be sick. <laughs> What's he going to do? That's a good horse. Yeah, well, thank you. Yeah, One more. Let's see. Let's see. <laughs> so it's going to be like, yeah, I think we got a lot to work on. We can get better. But that's what the week is all about. You know, we got to get better week to week. That's what the entire NFL season is. All right. Thank you, uh, Russell. <laughs> Yeah. And then I'll just walk off. And then I'll just walk off. <laughs> and Michelle Tafoya will be like, holy shit, that guy's a nut job. <laughs> so who, whoever she's throwing it back to. I think she's retiring, but. Uh, oh, okay. I think she's retiring from the game. Lisa Salters. <laughs> but whoever's on the sideline, he's a Bronco. What did know? you guys always used to say in the locker room? Go horse? He'll, yeah. probably, he'll probably steal that. He'll probably just say that. No, yeah. hashtag for the shoe, dude. That's the. Go horse. Right. Go coach. Go horse, sis. What if, he, what if he does like, stay high? Like mile high city. Oh, that's Whoa. good. That's good. He would altitude. not promote that. Maybe he'll just say altitude. Yeah. No, he means like <laughs> high, high motor, high energy, high positivity, not like high, high. Hey, well, you know, we got to get better here week to week. Clear eyes, full hearts. We'll come in there. All right. Thank you, Russ. Have a good one. All right. Love altitude. And he just walks out. That'd be sweet. Yeah. That'd be sweet. My high. My thin air. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think he up. already knew what he was going to say to like, like has he, he's been thinking about this for yeah. weeks now. Ever since they said like, "Hey, Denver might be an option," he, he's been thinking about what he's got to sign off interviews with. In that first press conference, I can't wait to see him sit down and we're gonna do this, we're gonna do this. And Sam Hack told me we're gonna do this, we're gonna try to do this. And all right, thank you guys so much. No more questions. What if he, <laughs> what if he did? Oh, that would be amazing. I would love him. Yeah, he, he would go probably right to the top, right below Mac Jones, his favorite quarterbacks in the league. No bull. No bull. Right, we're back tomorrow. Hammer downs in 15 minutes. This show is fucking awful. <laughs> the fact that you watch, we are very thankful for. Thank you to all our guests today. Pat White, uh, Zach Brown, Peter Schrager. We're back tomorrow for a feel-good Friday. I can't wait for it. Then I'm off to Birmingham, Alabama. Hell yeah. Wow. For SmackDown. Forrest Gump, right? He was there for a little. Mobile, Alabama. Mobile. Bama. Mo- Mobile, the home of... Uh, Leprechauns. Well, everybody yep. see the leprechaun and say, yeah. yeah. But also, uh, Mardi Gras. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, that's right. right. Yeah. forgot about it was that. Created, created in Mobile. I did not know that. Well, mm-hmm. a little fun fact. Daphne near Mobile, where Pat White is from, had other teammates from that area. I played in the Senior Bowl down there. I know a little bit about old Mobile, Alabama. Went to their bars one night after the Senior Bowl so long, missed my flight to the ESPN <laughs> Skills Challenge uh, <laughs> the next morning. That was a blast. Whoops. A lot of my college teammates were there, you know. To sell, me and Pat were on the same team and a couple other guys. And, you know, we won, obviously, and it was like a nice little send-off. So, you know, let's go ahead and do it. One, Mobile's Morgantown tonight. There was no way I was making that 7.30 flight. <laughs> no way. Tough to get out of Mobile, too, by the way, plane-wise. Oh, I can imagine. Wasn't able to fly until much later that evening. Got in, like, 2 a.m., so I missed all of the... Like, hey, this is what's happening during the skills challenge. Here's your gift bag. Here's what's ha- here's where you need to be. Showed up literally just kind of walked into the skills challenge. 
got none of the shit that everybody else got because it was already all kind of grabbed and taken through. Won a fucking round the world skills challenge. Whoa. Oh. How you doing? I can, I'm breathing booze right now. <laughs> Just bombing balls. I'm sure there was a lot of questions after that about me on whether or not I'm the right guy to take, but got to fill the narrative. And also, one <laughs> last... You take the tractor another, another round, round yeah. one last time with the boys. You got to do it. You got to celebrate. I feel like that should have maybe lifted me up a little bit more in people's eyes. It did not. Though. Around the world. What'd you win? Around the world is like you have a certain amount of time. You got to kick balls from all these different areas. It was like a, uh, they have the balls already set. Yeah. Oh, okay. And you go like from the middle and then there's like a right hash and there's like a left hash and there's like a middle and there's a right hash. One, that one. Should have won the long ball and it was against Graham Gano. Massive leg. Graham has a massive leg. He was bombing some. I pushed one wide right, which is just so soft. But I think it's potentially because of how hungover I was. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> Should have maybe focused on that a little bit more. I wore pink shoes in that thing, pink tempos. Ooh. Yeah, it was nice. It was a little bit too much, probably. But hey, bombed the ball. Motherfucker should have seen it. Is there footage of that? Somewhere, yeah, probably. And then I played uh, another position in the NFL. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> probably because of that day. <laughs> All right. My thing died. So did the show. See you, Mignogna. Cheers.